You are listening to the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Enjoy the show. <laughs> to the kill dead podcast i'm your host gray and tonight i'm joined by my friends we have ash we have devin what's going on guys what's up hello i decided to keep that pg this time since uh you know people are listening (laughs) 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 we have a great show planned for you tonight and we've brought in some help the best person i could think to talk about mortal kombat my cousin, John Hazelwood. How are you doing tonight? What is going on, family? Thank you for this opportunity to talk about this movie and just invite me to the podcast so I can join in on all the fun. Cousin! Welcome! <laughs> are we all cousins today? That's what's going on. Yes. <laughs> I, I have to fair warn you, my mom plans on listening to this because she heard <gasps> you on it. Because um, oh, Sydney was on my other podcast and she's been hounding Sydney for that too. Mama Gray? <laughs> yep. Her and mom talk every day, so I'm pretty sure my mom probably got it popped up on the iPad right now. Oh, well, they can deal with it. <laughs> I will keep it classy today. It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> I'm trying to get my mom to move out here as we speak. Oh, okay. Like, I talk to her about it daily. Like, you don't need to be in Michigan anymore, Mom. Come here to California or Nevada. Does she want to? Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, procrastination. Mm-hmm. Mm. We'll tell her to come swoop me up and we'll all just move out there. She'll come uh, pick you up. You guys will to, she'll pick you guys up. You guys will stop at Cedar Point for a minute and then you'll <laughs> drive here. Yes. I can go to Cedar Point. I like that. Ash will bring the Grippos. My mom will bring the Better Made Chips and the White Castles <laughs> and, and the Coney Islands and the Greensburgers oh, and. Oh, I got you. I got the Grippos, the Skyline, the La Rosas, the Graders. What is that? Oh, Are those all crazy. chips? What? <laughs> no, I got Montgomery Inn barbecue. <laughs> so Grippos are the chips. Montgomery Inn is the barbecue. La Rosas is the pizza. Graders is ice cream. Mm-hmm. Skyline is, is the Cincinnati uh, doo-doo chili. But, yeah. The- Cincinnati chili is good though It really is It's Okay Born and raised in Cincinnati And I find Cincinnati Cincinnati chili overrated I can't It's good Okay, I literally can't We don't have anything It's Virginia (laughs) It's mayonnaise bland It's Matter of fact We're Miracle Whip Virginia has the uh, Hanover tomato Nobody care about all the tomato. <laughs> who, who really looks at a tomato and says, this is a Hanover <laughs> Virginia owned. Yeah. Like, who really looks underneath the bun to say, hey, where did this tomato come from? <laughs> you are not wrong. 
right. But we do have good beers here. We do. Ash. Yes? What room do ghosts avoid? The living room. So let's get into some horror news. <laughs> what? Wait, what was that? <laughs> the worst transition in history. <laughs> no, I literally just sat there and thought about it. I was like, wait a minute. Dad joke supreme. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Alrighty. So, first piece of news. Just announced today, Selena Gomez has signed on to star in an upcoming horror movie that is also titled Spiral. Spiral. And guess who is being produced by? Justin Bieber. Jason Blumhouse. No. Drake. Oh, yep. Degrassi's own Drake. Oh, Oh, God. What? I was just making that up. Oh God, you lying? You are lying. I'm so serious. Yep. He's gonna do the soundtrack, and it's gonna be all the music. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Y'all Why is it called my... Spiral? Like, do we need another Spiral titled movie? Who? I What's don't know. But uh, Petra Collins is directing. And it sounds like it's going to be a body horror movie, and I'm all for it. So, a little synopsis. The story follows a former social media influencer whose addiction to social media is causing her body to literally fall apart. Oh, I fall apart. But, um, yeah, no word on when the movie will drop, but I am actually kind of excited. Um, especially to see Selena Gomez in some horror besides Spring Breakers, which was horror enough, but body this horror. This is the second time that movie's come up for me this week. Oh, Spring God. Breakers. I almost caved in and watched it, but I was like, yeah, I can't. <laughs> oh, you've no, never seen it? You... Oh, I've seen it. And it was trash. Yeah, I mean, it's no worse than Sharknado. Hey, uh, I love Sharknado. Oh, I love it. It's so bad that it's good, but Spring Breakers, that was just... Ugh. I, I don't know what, what they were doing with that. And like the whole impromptu Britney Spears sing-along and like the whole threesome in the pool and all that stuff. I, eh, eh. But yeah. It's a typical Harmony Korean movie. I mean, it's... It's not a movie that I would recommend, but when I'm watching it, I'm into it. But I felt dirty after watching it, like especially seeing I, I, James Franco looking like that. I don't yeah, know. Was, he just didn't let Riff Raff do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's clear. Wait, wait, wait. Are we talking Riff Raff like failed rapper? Riff yes. Raff? Oh god. His character name was Alien. What? Let me see. I'm, I'm going to have to, I'll send you a picture. I mean, I will oh. give James Franco, he did good in the role. He didn't really do the role. It no. just felt dirty. Yeah, I'm not saying he did a bad job, but like, he was so spot on. Like, let's just have the actual person he's imitating be there. Uh, I think we've officially given him too much attention, so ask. <laughs> this is the most attention he's gotten in a long time. All right. I'm yeah. done. All right. Um, the trailer for The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It, finally dropped about a week ago. Hey, and what do y'all <laughs> think about it? <laughs> I 
refused to watch it. I saw you guys talking about it on Slack. Oh, you didn't watch it? No. I saw the first, like, 30 seconds. Or not 30 seconds. Like, the bloody guys getting picked up by the cops. Spoiler alert. Yeah. People haven't heard this yet. but And then I just stopped. I was like, whatever it is, I'll just wait. June's almost here. Yeah. I was, see, I'm trying to not watch the whole trailer thing, but I can't help it. I have to watch it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying like I don't have a stance on whether I watch trailers or not. Normally, or pre-COVID, I would say my movie consumption is so high that like I never showed up for trailers on purpose. Mm. But being at home, I was like, I want a little mystery. <laughs> I uh, I'm a huge fan of the first two Conjuring movies, so I was very excited about this one. And I watched it. I'm like, eh. It looks fine. It looks serviceable. It doesn't look nearly as good as the first two. It looks like another Conjuring spinoff. Like there was nothing but jump scares and loud noises. And um, I I just wasn't impressed with the trailer. I'm sure the movie is fine. It's from the director of The Curse of La Llorona. So, you know, it's all uphill. Uh, But, but, um, you know... Whatever. It looks better than the nun did. I'll give it that. Oh god. Yeah, the nun was the nun was trash. Uh Conjuring yeah. 1 and 2 looks good. I forgot there was a third one coming out. I'll I'll check it out because I mean I like horror movies as well too. Yeah. Um eh, I'm not pressed to see it, but it sounds like something to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say when I saw the trailer, I said I'm glad I have HBO Max. because <laughs> so, I'm not leaving the house for this movie. Like I don't it, it didn't impress me that much. I'm actually kind of excited for this one. I like the Conjuring films, but I'm not like, oh my god, it's the best thing ever. Oh, like some people are. Which I mean, if you like it, you like it. I'm not gonna shit on it. But um, it did because I've never heard of this case before, so I did a little researching. And yeah, this seems like this is gonna be much darker than the other two films, and I'm just excited to see where they're gonna take it. Yeah, I do give them props for trying something different and not doing another haunted house movie. Yeah, is this supposed to be the last one? It's not billed as a final one, and this is like a billion dollar franchise. We got more coming. Mm-hmm. Watch, there's gonna be another Annabelle movie. It's like, <laughs> I yeah, I know we're supposed. I know we're supposed to get like the Crooked Man spinoff at some point from part two. Oh, not the sci-fi version. <laughs> no. <laughs> sci-fi came out with their own Crooked Man film. That sucked. Horror movies and sci-fi, it's uh it's kind of weird. I, I have I have a little thing against it. It just it doesn't work. Like when they did, what was it, Jason X and he went to outer space, I was like, you know what, this is bad. Like oh, dear Lord, no. <laughs> that is Gray's favorite movie. Jason X? Oh, God. Yes. And it just had an anniversary. I am one of the few, the proud Uber Jason fans uh, across the United States. But I do understand people's disdain for it. <laughs> I just don't see what they see. It, 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 it didn't do it for me. Uh, I mean, it was okay. I mean, one of my favorite you know, sci-fi type of horror movies is Event Horizon. I thought that was great. Oh, yes. Yeah. I just watched it the other day. 
But Jason, he's in outer space killing people, and then he <laughs> makes his way back to Earth. Like, what what universe are we in right now? Like, <laughs> what Marvel DC horror movie universe we're in? Because this is weird. The, the I disagree with you there. I think we've all said when a horror franchise takes it to space, that's when you know the franchise is running out of ideas. Uh, <coughs> I think Fast and Furious. <laughs> separately. How dare you? Fast and Furious 29. Oh, I love that series, but the fact they're going out of space, yeah, I'm done. Wait, is that really a plot? No. Yeah, it, they're literally, there's going, outer space is going to be involved with it. They're going to have some scene where they're actually floating into space somehow. They're doing this thing with gravitational pulls of a device that basically you drop it and it pulls everything like one giant magnet. And it's pulling things and stuff. Yes, it is. It was, in, it was actually... <laughs> you can see. And then they have John Cena in it as... What's it? Donald's brother? brother? Yeah. Obviously the adopted brother, but still, it just does not make sense. John Cena is just too muscular to play a role like he's. <laughs> I can't take John Cena out of wrestling. Like, I just, I can't do it. Even in the Suicide Squad movie that he's going to be in. I can't do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. I, I don't ever see him as not the wrestler when he's in a, in a movie. However, I want to go back to this Fast and Furious thing. Because now I'm thinking, are they in a <laughs> Tesla? Are they going to be on SpaceX? Like, <laughs> Elon Musk is going to make an appearance. Right. <laughs> I'll give you guys the money as long as I can make a cameo. <laughs> I think he would be down for it. Well, now uh, I'll probably go see that in the theater. I'm not a Fast and Furious person. Like uh, I, I am. Uh, yeah. Me too. I'm not, but I'm here for the camp for the new one, so I might see the new one in theaters too. <laughs> It looks so awful. You know what? Fast and, or Too Fast, Too Furious is the only reason I listen to Joe Budden's podcast from time to time. Oh, my God. <laughs> too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> I remember when me, it was actually me and Chrissy, we went to see it in a movie theater. And how cheesy, like, cars were back in the day and just how that movie made absolutely no sense. It's just pure comedy. Yeah. It really was. And... Now that I look back at cars or what people's uh, interpretation of super tuning was, yes, it's laughable. It, it, it's really bad. Like, literally, tuning was an intake, a bunch of lights on your car, a bunch of stickers that give you a bunch of horsepower, and tree yeah. flow, and you have to have a ridiculous sounding exhaust. Like, the whole, if you look at the first movie in the first scene where they line up, everybody knows an RX 7 is going to sweep a four door Civic. Acura Integra, which is not even the GSR whatsoever. Yeah. And then you randomly have Eclipse. Get, get out of here. <laughs> and they were going all of 110, possibly. Maybe not even that. Yeah, I mean, it was pure fantasy from the get-go. I agree with you there. At the time, I knew no such difference. It was still pretty cool. I mean, people were pretty... People were pretty clever with what they could do as far as like, you know, their cars and what they could come up with. And then now we're just living in a generation where all those cars are left over with the the weird body kits and they're riding down the street right now. Sounding like lawnmowers. It, it's really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Well, Ash, is that uh, all you have? Yeah, I'll just keep it short so we can get into the 
the main topic of this episode. Dun, 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 dun. I can't really do the <laughs> song. Combat 95 is iconic. Uh, it is sprinkled throughout the updated version, which mm-hmm. I rather enjoy. I say <laughs> well, hold on. It's it they, they pay tribute to it. As a matter of fact, Mortal Kombat 11 has it in quite a few stages as well, too. I think it's the um the tournament stage that you play in. And it's it's actually really good, but nothing's gonna beat the original. Like, nothing's going to beat the original. Not even the one that they use for this movie. It doesn't touch it. Oh, yeah. I totally agree with you. I, I probably have listened to the original several times since this movie's released. <laughs> yep. And um, I don't know why. It's just like, it's a completely different movie. It has its <laughs> own song, and I still want the 95. Like, the whole entire soundtrack for Mortal Kombat 1 and 2, um, as far as the movies... That was like our EDM techno music back in the day. Because I, I think I, I said to you on um, Instagram, I was listening to KDFM's um, Juke Joint Jezebel. That was one of my favorite songs off the first movie because that was when Sonya was fighting Kano. And I yeah. still play it even in the gym right now. So I don't know. Soundtracks are just not the same anymore, man. <laughs> I, I agree with that emphatically. Uh, music in general. Like I miss the days where, and you can call me old. I'm fine with that. Where an album was methodically made, so like you want to listen to the whole thing, possibly hold on to your butts in order because <laughs> it made sense. Yeah, it, it really did. As a matter of fact, the second Mortal Kombat movie, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which it was an annihilation of a budget, but uh, <laughs> that was the first movie, that was the first time I had ever heard Prodigy because they had the song, uh, is it called Genius, that was playing inside of it. It was during mm-hmm. Lena and Sonya fight. And I've listened to Prodigy ever since. Like, that's one of my favorite songs by them in Firestarter, I believe. Oh, Firestarter, I remember that one. Yeah, it really did expose a whole new genre of music, or to the mainstream. Obviously, it existed well before uh, I thought it was popular. But it, it was a cultural thing. This movie wasn't just bringing a video game to the big screen. Um, nor was it the first to even do such a thing. However, for the past, oh, someone could do math better than me, 27 years? Is that right? Yeah, you're about right. Uh, Mortal Kombat has continued to make an impression every time a new installment drops on popular culture uh, and, you know, video gamers and normal people alike. I think, Devin, if I'm not mistaken, you're not a gamer at all, correct? That is correct. And your initial impression of this film? Wait, have you seen the 95 film? I've seen all of them. Well, I've seen, yeah, the first two and then and this new one. Um, my initial impression was well done. I enjoyed it. I, I know there were characters who were excluded or maybe characterizations that were different from the video game, but I didn't really notice that i did notice there was a lot of fan service which i appreciated mm-hmm. um it did bring me back to the my 90s childhood and hearing you know like 
finish him and fatality and and even some of the deaths in the movie were inspired by the video game so um i enjoyed it i'm actually tickled that you mentioned that i i really thought the way they handled the injections of what we love about the video games such as finish him or flawless victory or uh the down four (laughs) down four punch oh yes yes ice ball that was in the back Mm mm-hmm I had to um I was just curious in general about that when I saw the words on the thing, so I paused it. So first time in real or I'm happy we watched it at home. I say we I'm by myself. So sad. <laughs> <laughs> We're all alone. It's okay. It's hug yourself. Hug yourself in the mask. Oh gray. Yeah. <laughs> Give him the care bear thing. It does. <laughs> Me, myself, and I, we still had a good time. <laughs> but yeah, I paused it and I realized that I was like, oh, that's an ice ball. Yep. And I was like, that's really cool. And I think that that or the, or I'll wait. There's one more thing, my favorite part. I'll wait until we get there. Um, but Ash, what was your initial impression? So um, let's, okay. So I may have had a little too much fun while watching this movie, so I couldn't really fully pay attention. But um, after <laughs> after my first like my first viewing of it, I was just kind of disappointed because I'm like, "Well, what the hell is this?" But um, I, I I just watched it again for the second time, and I I feel much better about it. I What's do feel initial- like. What was that? Was your initial disappointment uh, in the adaptation, or was it you didn't like the actors, or what was your initial disappointment? I just the soundtrack. I wanted more of the theme song in it. <laughs> um, just some like the dialogue was kind of eh for me. And then one of my favorite characters is Melina, and I I wish they would have used her more. Yeah. So geez. I was like. <sighs> Come on. Like, I need more of her. But, and then Kano, I kind of felt, I was kind of getting annoyed by him during the first viewing of it. Really? Yes. He was a During the first, the first viewing of it. Okay, okay. (laughs) Don't attack me yet. You made me sit up straight. (laughs) Yeah, like. But no, like, my first viewing. one right now. Yeah. Uh oh. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> but like my second viewing, I was like, okay, he's not as bad. Okay, now that I'm able to focus on the film, I I liked him, but yeah. All right, and John, your impression? Well, you know me. You know I'm a huge Mortal Kombat fan. I liked it for what it was. I I think I love their take on it. I didn't go into it with high expectations um, just because, I mean, you got to think about it. When Greg Russo and the writers were talking about, I think it was James Bond that was even supposed to direct it at first. Mm -hmm. Originally, it was supposed to be Mortal Kombat Devastation. And then for seven years, it literally has sat as a script and then it had a whole bunch of budgeting issues. And so I like the fact that they wanted to not copy what the first movie was. They wanted to leave the first movie exactly how it was, and give it a different spin. And mm-hmm. the first time I saw it, I loved it. I, I thought it was great. Um, I think they, I think they've rushed some of the characters. Yes, uh, some stuff could have been left out, but 
looking at the budget, looking at what they're dealing with, like what they're working with, especially being a release during a pandemic, they nailed it. I mean, they did fan service all over the place. I just wish it was a little bit longer. Um, I enjoyed it. I've I've watched it God knows how many times now. <laughs> Kano was my favorite part just because if you know Kano in the games, like Trevor Goddard, who played Kano in the original movie, literally set the tone for Kano as an um, a badass Aussie. Mm -hmm. where that's where his accent came from. And if you play the games now, you hear his cutthroat style of commentary. It's just like MK11. Personally, I thought I was looking at Conor McGregor on the screen for a second because that guy (laughs) had a little bit of his swag to it. Um, I love Jax. Um, Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll dive more into it. But if I had to say out of 10, an 8, I think it worked. And it's going to work with their ideas that they're trying to create right now. Mm-hmm. So it's old for me. See, I've always wondered about that, like with the whole, like when a film is put into production hell and the script is just like left behind. Like what do they do with that script? It's it's one of the things where, because so Mortal Kombat, it's obviously going to be a draw because of the fact of it's, it's a staple to like people our age, like our, our childhood. And it's becoming yeah. a staple to, you know, people after that, like generations after that, and people, I think they just had too many expectations for what they were trying to like portray in the movie. Mortal Kombat has a rich history, and you can't really replace that first movie. Like, there's no way to do it. I agree. Even with maybe some of the missteps in casting, I still Ooh, agree. Plenty of those. <laughs> it was the 90s, it was a crazy time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, God, it was so bad. A hair better than the '80s, so there Look, was progress. At least Goro, like, actually fought, and he looked like an actual like Shokan, like, because com- Goro's a dragon. He's a mm-hmm. dragon with four arms, and he's the prince of the Shokan. So they actually made him fight in the first movie. He talked, looked real scary, got punched in the nuts, and then fell off a cliff. <laughs> How great is that? Like anticlimactic. <laughs> And his hair was slick back with that good edge control. But the animatronics <laughs> they used for him back in the day was amazing. It was amazing. But I'd love to CGI in this movie. And because there wasn't that much CGI in the movie. And that was the greatest part. Like you actually got to see martial arts for what it really was. Mm-hmm. Some of the jumps and stuff, you know what? We'll, we'll get into all that. I'm not. <laughs> you know, I think that for me, that's the biggest contrast between Mortal Kombat and or 95 and Annihilation is that. There is more practical things going just probably because it was filmed so early in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And then for Annihilation, they definitely tried to utilize CGI. And we all know, or maybe we, we all don't. But for me, hmm. aside from Jurassic Park, no 90s CGI has held up for me over the time. No. And I think Mortal Kombat Annihilation was just exceptionally bad. So like when you had this movie, the original, that didn't rely on it so intensely... And then you have uh, Annihilation come out, which tried to monopolize definitely on Mortal Kombat 3 um, or oh, Mortal Kombat 3 characters. What was that? Oh, most definitely. You nailed that one. Yeah. Uh, it just wasn't... We didn't need it. <laughs> it, it like, the whole animality thing, that that was yeah. disgusting. Like, who Shao Kahn never had an animality in the first place. Um, I did like, so Goro was CGI and then 
they did Reptile right. They did him service because if y'all remember what Reptile looked like in the first movie, that was trash. Like that yeah. was really, really bad. Like somebody scribbled a character and said, "Hey, we're gonna show it in the movie." <laughs> like uh, Reptile, he, he looked good. He looked like his Mortal Kombat Five iteration. See, I thought Reptile, and I might can correct me if I'm wrong. I thought Reptile looked just like Sub Zero and Scorpio, but or Scorpion, but he had a green outfit on. Or am I thinking about somebody else? No, he he's a palette swap. Um, in the first game, he was a palette swap for I believe it was Scor- He had most of Scorpion's moves. And Gray, mm-hmm. you might have to correct me on that, but no, there you're was right. like there's a certain sequence in the game that you had to play, like the whole look to Luna. Um, you had to win certain rounds, perfect and all that. And Reptile, he became his own character in Mortal Kombat 2. And then they gave him a story how the when he was fighting in Outworld, he had his human form. But the farther away that he got from his race, he started transforming. And that started, I think, in Mortal Kombat 4 because he looked weird in that mm. one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think that there was a – it's a beautiful accident. And I'm paraphrasing and condensing this part of the history – but uh, going back to the game, a lot of areas where Mortal Kombat was ga- groundbreaking was not just the gore. It was that they were upgrading the game as we played and got better. Yep. Um, so things like Reptile um, being unlockable eventually was like at first someone just the code got mixed up and Scorpion turned green. Yep. And then like it gets back to the producers of the game. They're like. Let's run with this. And then they just started adding more things and taking advantage of the things that didn't work and just using the code in their favor. Oh, yeah. it's beautiful. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Brandon. Oh, what I was going to say was the fact that if you know Ed Boone and John Tobias, like, and they, I think it's Dan Vogel back in the day, like, they were all about coding and they wanted to throw in little Easter eggs everywhere. Like, Ed Boone is a master troller. And he makes you look for everything in the games. Um, and that's how it's always been. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Ed Boon, um, you know, recently with the, what is it, 9, 10, 11, all the trolling that he did with Twitter was amazing. And then, like, I remember, like, you would go to the arcade, it'll be Mortal Kombat 3 one day, and then it's Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, kind of like what Street Fighter did with, like, Street Fighter and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Turbo. They added stuff and they just kept it going. It was it was great. Um, you know, the most anticipated thing I want to see in Mortal Kombat 12 is not Cole Young and the Octagon <laughs> stage added. I want to see Eddie Tobias. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, which is an Easter egg for those of you who don't know. It's just another, it's like Noob Bot. It's just them having fun with their names again. Yep. It's um, the names backwards. That was that's dope. Uh, ooh, Cole. Yeah, he started that one. <laughs> he started. Uh, well, I mean, the movie did it right. They set it up with letting us know he doesn't have a big fan base to begin with. So, like, mm. us as viewers had a very low expectation. Uh, they they could have did a little better with Cole. Like, I agree. Honestly, I can see the movie without Cole. Um, but I can understand how he fits into it. And I think Cole is going to reprive himself big time in the next one since he's going to go after Johnny Cage. Or am I not supposed to spoil it for people? No, no, no. Oh, oh my uh, gosh. Why you spoil it? I'm just kidding. Well, cats are big. My bad. <laughs> um, before we start dragging him, 
why don't we start with the better part of this film, which is probably the first 10 minutes where we have Bihan uh, fight. Oh, I'm sorry. Bihan is coming to assassinate Hanzo Hashi. Hanzo Hashi. Yep. I'm horrible with names. John, feel free to jump in at any point. Uh, him and his family. He wants to end the bloodline. Um, and I think that this is the one thing the franchise has never shown us ever live action. Like we know the Scorpion and Sub-Zero feud. We know, or we had the uh, Scorpion Revenge movie recently animated. We've seen it narrated throughout the video game. But Don't this is the- legacy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But this is the first time we get it live action, and they handled it beautifully. Like, I can see why it's the opening scene and not a flashback later. Like, they want us sucked into this world, and this is the biggest draw. And it did not disappoint. Uh, I, Even though you know what's going to happen, if you have followed the video games or whatever, you're still upset. Like, you get vested in... Hanzo's character and his family and Bihan just being a fucking asshole. Yeah. Zero chill. Uh, Bihan was a dick. Like, in every <laughs> iteration of it. And I mean, because uh, let, let's just call it, you know, spade a spade. Scorpion's the better one out of the two. And yeah. then you get Kwai Liang, who is his, his younger brother. Um, I think Mortal Kombat Legacy was what really drove them to really hone in on talking about their story and if you guys know the, the game lore it makes a perfect setup for the sequel because yes they're rival clans like one's chinese one's japanese but at the same exact time too there's a reason why sub-zero's attacking and it wasn't willingly either because like in the games you remember quan chi and shang Tsung were all behind all of that mm-hmm. and so hopefully they explored in the second one because we haven't got quan chi inside of a movie yet he was supposed to be in annihilation because there was a movie poster um that floated around that someone had snagged from back in the day he's in the poster as being in the movie right i wonder how they're going to handle it and i do appreciate some of the i hope that this franchise i'll say right now gets the full trilogy and the prequel i hope that they do i know it's hard to judge box office numbers with a success right now because of COVID. However, I think the opening weekend, it did like 50 million. So that's Damn. pretty yeah. good. It, um, given. It, uh, it's, and you got Hiroyuki Sonata playing Scorpion. Like that is one of the, yes. into, you know, martial arts, like action movies like that. This guy is a genius. He is, he's a goat. And for 60 years old, what he was able to do in Joe Taslin, if y'all have never seen Raid Redemption, Joe Taslam is a monster. So watching those two um, types of styles clash was amazing. Like, I-, I loved every part of it. No, the, it was perfect casting on that part, as well as mixing the demographics of audiences. Because, like, it doesn't always have to be just Americans for a film, especially when there's other talented actors out of there. So I thought that was great. Um, didn't work out for Louis Tan. Oh, uh, <laughs> y'all better leave him alone. But look, which is you know what? It, uh, it's ah, uh, damn. You know what? It, it's like 
You want to find something good about it? To me, <laughs> can, we, can we just talk about Cole? And <laughs> let's just get it out of the way. Cole Slaw. That's what we're gonna call him right now. Cole oh, Slaw. No. Yes. Cole. To me, I feel like they were trying to rush Takeda into the story by having him somewhat be Scorpion's like descendant. Like for one, they never even talk about. Who is the the child that he that Raiden rescues inside the cupboard? Yeah, nope. they never go back into it, and it makes me wonder because if you look at the Mortal Kombat timeline now, at the end of um, Mortal Kombat Eleven Ultimate, uh, Fire God Liu Kang goes back to see the Great Kung Lao, and the Great Kung Lao is how all this stuff started. So who's to say that we're not going to be seeing that in Mortal Kombat Twelve? And then we can go and see some more of Scorpion and who he was in the later movies and some of these older characters. Because it's just, uh, it's something missing. It don't I, make sense. I am ashamed to admit that when I first saw the portrait of the great Kung Lao in the movie, I thought it was Baraka. Um, and someone had to tell me different. Oh, it was straight from Mortal Kombat 9. It was the ending of Kung Lao from that one. They yeah. stole straight from that. I was embarrassed, but I, I can admit it. Uh, I gotta ask a dumb question, but like, how many Mortal Kombat video games are there oh, at this shit. point? <laughs> it's it's like a lot. Fifteen or something. Uh, I mean, because they had the spinoff games like Shaolin Monks, the horrible one. Mm. Mythologies was the most trash Mortal Kombat. I like Special Forces over Mythologies. Um. God, it's it's about twenty some odd games. Yeah, I'm trying to That's actually problem. look that up because I'm surprised I've never. Because uh, it's it's one, two, three. Ultimate Mortal Kombat three. Then it was trilogy. Then we had mythologies came somewhere in that lineup. Special Forces came out with Mortal Kombat four. Um, then you had. Deadly Alliance, which was five. Then you had the other iteration of the... Oh, you had Mortal Kombat 4 Gold. Then it was... Uh, was it Deception? Then we got Armageddon. We had the crappy game MK versus DC Universe. Yeah. <laughs> which they should smack themselves for it. And then you had Shaolin Monks. Mortal Kombat 9 as a reboot. Then you had X, and now you have 11. So I You're, think that's 11. You almost got them all. You missed the... It's 18 uh, Game Boy games. Oh, do they really count? Yeah. <laughs> nah. I, I, I mean, on this it does, but I mean, I mean, you almost went in exact order too. Actually, you know that what? That was very impressive. Yeah, actually, you'll be proud of me because I still have my Game Gear, and I have Mortal Gee, Kombat 2 really? on Game Gear with the TV antenna adapter to it and the Game Genie. Uh-uh. Wow. <laughs> I remember in your old dresser drawer, like you used to have all of them, like that. Yeah. And I actually found one um, when I was living in Saratoga Springs, New York, at a gaming con, and they had them. They had them for sale. I've seen people retrofit them, like with HD screens and uh, better charging options. I I've never. You may have just sent me down a dark hole. Yeah, I I still have. <laughs> I have not powered it up in probably like a year. But, I mean, it, it runs great. Mortal Kombat plays flawless on it. Um, because, remember, back in the day, everybody had... They were always talking about the Nintendo version. Then you had the Sega version. Yeah. Which one was the better one? What was it? Sega, did Sega Saturn have one? I never had a Sega Saturn. 
But yeah, the the uh, I can what was remember. that one? That cartridge that went on top of it. It was like a graphics enhancer. It's like the three something X. Oh, the thirty two X. Yeah, yeah, I had that. I remember that. I definitely remember that. I remember playing that at on Sandy's house. I'm trying to Mortal Kombat Gold is the only one that could have been a Saturn release, but I can't. No, that was Dreamcast. Oh, yeah. Yep. Then never mind. It was not. Um, okay, so we have the fight scene of who the people who are going to become Scorpion Sub-Zero. I like the character development. For those of you who are, I'm sure there are other Bihan fans, we see how he gets his iconic scar. Um which they do a little tongue-in-cheek with that. In the beginning, we see him get suckered um, by Hanzo's spade, but then later, Sub-Zero has learned his lesson, and it doesn't work uh, when they have their final battle. I like that callback. That was dope. Uh, But wait, so I like how you brought up the scar because wasn't Kwai Liang, which is his younger brother from Mortal Kombat 3, he's the one with the scar that goes down the side of his eye, right? Yes. Did... But I never thought Bihan had a scar, though. I think that this is how they're going to set it up. Mm. I think that this is, like, where, you know, fans will start talking. Because, obviously, we are going to get Noob Say about at some point. Oh, we have to. Especially if you, you play with him now. All I know is they need to let Ed Boon get in on this. Because that will make, that writing team will have so much fun with it. Yeah, I wonder what their level of involvement is. Is it just like, oh, Warner Brother owns this, we get our check, or is it like, hey, we still, we we still want to put our finger in this? <laughs> just a tip. <laughs> um, they do get video game created credits uh, for this. I just don't know their level of involvement. Um, so we have this great fight sequence exchange. Eventually, Hanzo loses to Bihan. I am curious about this. And was I can't figure out if Bihan was summoned to go assassinate him, or was this just because of a regular feud? Because we never see, or it's never talked about, how Sub Zero gets his mark. You know what? You're actually right. All I know is if you go to the actual lore, it, it's they always just said the Shirai Ryu and the Lin Kuei were always rival clans. And the only reason why, you know, Sub-Zero did what he did to Scorpion was because of the fact of, you know, Shang Tsung's like trickery um, with Quan Chi manipulating it. Mm-hmm. Um but they never really they, – they could actually do it where he really wanted to kill him. But I don't think it's going to go that way because it's not going to do fans a service. Well, yes. Then that's the part that makes it more so interesting because it's like Hanzo's bloodline is born with being a champion. Like, yep. Period. We don't know if Bihan's bloodline is born that way I yet. And they I don't think they do a good job of explaining – winning the tournament extends your life force and why, you know, when he eventually says I'm sub zero now, why he's still alive 300 years later. 
Uh, I thought the movie kind of failed us in that one spot, but obviously if you play the video games, you can connect the dots. Yeah, I, I don't think time is subjective to them because ain't no damn way he lived that long being human like that. Um, and then Scorpion can just walk out of hell still being the same person he was, except he can melt people on fire. Right. Um, Ash, what yeah. was your interpretation of the fight or how did you enjoy the fight? Not even interpretation. I and I liked it a lot. It got me hyped. Um, I don't know. Um, before the, the week that the movie was going to drop, they released like the first seven minutes of the beginning of the film. So I watched like two minutes of it. I was like, no, I can't. I'm not going to watch it. It's going to ruin it. So I don't know if y'all watched it or not, but um, I'm glad I didn't because that... That really, I felt like it set the tone, the mood of the whole film, and it just had me really hyped for it. And just seeing like the fight scene and how like the 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 blood and the gore and just seeing like Behan like giving zero fucks and just doing what he had, what he came to do. Like I knew they weren't playing around with this film, and I appreciated that. Yeah, it was it was definitely a. a... It was a sentimental moment because yeah. I know some people got really sad at how they played it. Like they added a really good, like dramatic feel to it. But to me, I feel like after that seven minutes, you know, the movie was completely something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, y'all tricked us. This ain't, this is not going to be this way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so much, so many different emotions going on just in that first seven minutes. And then we get coleslaw. <laughs> yeah, it was a Bobby Boucher. <laughs> you just thought it was the best. Uh, <clears throat> but I do, yeah. I mean, it was, it was great. I didn't watch it. I started to watch it. I posted on my stories, but uh, I, I was like, I don't want to watch this on my phone. I want to see it on the screen. So I didn't actually watch it. And I'm glad I didn't because. It was, I thought it was beautiful. I, I've been saying this since I saw Kong versus Godzilla. I'm buying a new television. Oh my God. It makes so <laughs> much of a difference. Like not even the television, the sound system. One yeah. of my friends here, um, he has movie theater um, speakers set up in his house where he has two subwoofers that are evenly spaced out. He has eight panel speakers that are distributed across the room and how the seating is. It feels like a movie theater. Literally, wow. the visual effects on it make that movie. It is oh, amazing. Oh, so he's sad. He good. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> don't get stoned and watch it, though, because it, it really messes you up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know what you're talking about. <clears throat> Anyways. <laughs> I ain't say I protect you know, for taking in that. But <laughs> Devin, I have a slightly different question for you, and I should have asked sure. this a while ago. Was, did, did Brian watch this with you? Yeah. Yeah, he's actually the gamer out of the two of us. Um, okay. And since we've been together, we've had a few video game systems. And actually, the one there's two video games that I, I will always play, and Mario Brothers is one of them, and Mortal Kombat is the other. So we had um, the Mortal Kombat with the DC universe. Okay. And then there was one with Freddy Krueger. I don't know if that's the same one or a different game. That was nine, I believe. Okay. So those are the two that we've had. But yeah, he to answer your question, Greg, <laughs> yeah, he did watch this with me and enjoyed it. Okay. 
but neither one of us know these characters. Like I thought the the uh, Cole character, I I didn't know if he was designed for the movie or if he was an existing character in the in the story. Please don't bring him into the games. Don't do but it. Just have him standing there moping around. Uh, well, wait. Why don't y'all? Why don't y'all like him? <laughs> he doesn't fit. Like, if you look at his weapons, he has a tonfa, a bladed tonfa that looks like Baraka's weapon. Which initially, when I saw his outfit, I was like, okay, he's got like some type of armor that pops out. But then I saw the blade. I'm like, is he Tarkatan? Then I'm thinking, like, wait, he has like. Takeda armor on. Is he Shira Ryu? I don't know who the hell he is. Like <laughs> somebody had some fun like making this. And they didn't do that thorough review of it. They just say, hey, go film this. Yeah, I mm. think that unless we get a better explanation, um, real quick. So we open with Cole. He's uh, his wife is taping him up. Actually, we don't know if it's his wife, but definitely a significant other is taping his hands up. The promoter comes in and is saying something to the effect of, you don't fight. You just take punches. Yep. Something like that. And <clears throat> Cole's comeback is like, who else is going to show up an hour's notice? $200. And I think this is where CPS should have got involved. And choose <laughs> your child to be your person in the corner. So, like, poor little Emily has to watch dad lose every Saturday so we can get burgers and ice cream afterwards. Shoot, she tried to help him, but he didn't want to listen. Who's to say that Emily won't have powers herself since they... Oh, I was going to say that. I was going to bring that up. Um, (laughs) Sorry. That's... Yeah, that's why I'm I'm putting this part out there. So... (laughs) Um, Cole gets into his fight. His uh, Emily tells him to throw his upper cup. He won't. uh, He's definitely more concentrated on MMA holds. Uh, Possibly could have won the fight. Doesn't win the fight. At the end... Emily has made him a strength braid. I didn't actually remember what it's called. Something strength. And they have matching ones. And this is what you guys are talking about. Clearly later in the film, we do see that his armor comes from that bracelet that his daughter gave him. So presumably her bracelet will do the same thing for her at some point in possibly part three. You I think we're going to get Emily in the tournament. But we well, see, and that's and that's another th- way that they can kind of go into it because think about it. As they get into the trilogy, we get the the original uh, big characters. We get their children. So you got the Cassie Cages, mm-hmm. Jackie Briggs, Kano had a son in one of the games, I think, and they can introduce her somehow into that spin. So I think, I think it's it's clever what they're doing. But please, I hope they make Cole a whole hell of a lot better because yeah, it didn't. Oh. Make sense. I'm gonna say that that is his biological daughter, right? Because I kind of got confused. I was like, now is that just like his girlfriend's daughter? And she calls him dad, or they married and had no, her? I think it's his actual daughter. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's, I question that too because he seemed kind of young to have a daughter that old age. Yeah. Because yeah, she was like what, thir- 13 or something like that. But I can see it. So that way she carry, carries on the bloodline. So. I, I do like that, th- that you even said that. My mind started turning, and uh, for lack of better words, this would give us an MCU Young Avengers, so to speak. Because yep. if you go with the timeline of the tournament, by the time the next tournament happens, in theory, their parents would be dead. But then you can keep Mortal Kombat going with their children. They did that next. They did that with... Because they 
in Mortal Kombat X, they were trying to bring like a new line of characters. So you had was Cassie, Jackie, Kung Jin, and Takeda. And then all of the original characters like Sub-Zero, Scorpion, Johnny Cage, Sonya, even Liu Kang, and Kung Lao, they were all older. So they could go that route if they wanted to. I mean, oh, then they can start time jumping. We don't know just yet. It's something to look forward to. Assuming that it does well. I think whether movie theaters still exist by time uh, sequel happens or is greenlit. Who, well, I guess by time it's greenlit. But by the time it comes out, who knows? Um, so after he puts on his little bracelet, Jax comes in, makes small talk with him. This is when we get the nod to Eddie Tobias. is the one person in history that Cole's ever defeated. Or I guess Goro. But at this point, <laughs> the only person. <laughs> uh, Cole, the Miracle Whip, Slaw. Uh, has ever <laughs> won against. Yeah, that oh man. Um can we talk about his powers to his arcana? Because did it 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 was to me like the more he got hit, the more he got beat up. He, was he powering up and can like release like an energy burst? Like what the hell was happening? I don't think anything. I thought for the longest time anyone else feel free to jump in. Eventually he was gonna burst into flames. Like, I thought it was absorbing the power for him to be able to tap into Hanzo and yep. use Scorpion's abilities. I think so. Because it didn't really ever seem... I, all right, well, I don't know. Because I'm judging him against this, and you guys may have felt the same way, is that no one seems to take damage and has a reasonable outcome from the damage they took. So, like, getting punched from Goro... Should have put him out, period. And he should have died. Other scenes where other people are being thrown through cellular blocks and beams and posts. And it's like, they don't have reasonable wounds to correspond with this. So I don't know if they're going to retcon that later of like, once you're a champion, your durability is higher or something like that. But like, we needed that uh, information dump from a character somewhere. Like, I thought that was going to be Sonya. Because they kind of made her into like an Oracle character. It's like, you can't be in the tournament, but we're going to use you for all info dumps until Ooh. Raiden gets on the screen. So you know what? To touch bases on that, so how you were talking about, like, you know, the realistic aspect of it, like Cole, you know, he's taking damage, you know, he's able to take damage from, like, Goro. Did anybody remember when Reiko took that hammer and hit the hell out of Liu Kang and he flies, like, halfway across the screen? Like, he flies yeah. upstairs. Like, <laughs> I'm just like... He has a cloth shirt on. <laughs> like that. But Cole needs a whole bunch of armor. It doesn't make sense. Now, when you talked about the, the Sonya part, did anybody catch the backstory of Liu Kang, or do we need to wait for that? Oh, then I missed it. You, well, so I missed it too. Liu Kang said that how he got his arcana, how he got the mark, he was an orphan. And mm-hmm. the person that he was orphaned by was a child molester and rapist. And he ended up killing that guy. And that's oh. how he marked, which means that person was a champion. No, I completely... Fuck. I heard it. Boracho part. <laughs> that's what I took away from that scene. Wow. Yeah, that's dark. Was his, his trainer, but when they, it was right when... They were, I think it's when Kano had just called um, 
what's his name? Raiden Merlin or something like that. Yeah. And they talk about like his powers and he says he was an orphan and you know, he ended up beating the guy. He, he called him like a pedo- pedophile, I believe, or something like that. And he said that one day he grew stronger and he killed him. But that's where his mark comes from. So are they going to dive into who that guy was? Are they saying Bo Child was a pedophile? Like, what's going on? Yeah, that's interesting because it's like they can't put R. Kelly in the game now. It's too oh, late. Hell no. We going to cry? Wow. Wow. <laughs> he can fly. His special move is a closet comes out. <laughs> and he pees on you in his ass. <laughs> it's, oh my god it's so bad y'all better leave the R&B king alone okay oh, king I'm, of play. I'm kidding I'm totally kidding oh he can turn your face into a toilet seat then. keep on playing <laughs> nah I am good right he deserves some respect he is the pied pisser of R&B uh-uh. wow I, I think R. Kelly is an awful awful human being and continue <laughs> Uh, he well, I'll take coleslaw over R. Kelly. Uh-uh. Uh, I really random question is Raiden, uh, yeah, Raiden, is he Asian in the story, like in the real myth? You know what? Nobody, I'm glad you asked that because Christopher Lambert, I think that's his name, played him the first time. Yeah, yeah. you see him. You see him later in the games. He doesn't really look Asian, but he's a god, so maybe gods don't really have a race or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I understand like they wanted to make this movie more racially diverse, which you know, kudos, and it should be. But um, yeah, I just wasn't sure, like, with some of the more primary characters, if they changed their their race or whatever. I didn't like Raiden. In this movie, I, I this one, I think it was bad casting. Raiden, oh, he just felt really, he felt underutilized to me. Yeah, I'm gonna go with underutilized. Like I don't like for a god, he never got the flex. I'm like, yeah, no. not like, <sighs> not like my girl Melina. Well, we. <laughs> He never really, you know who else? Shang Tsung really didn't get the flex either, which they could be saving it for a later movie. I did like the callback to the Mortal Kombat 2 fatality when he took Kung Lao solo, though. That was dope. Uh, that was the saddest part of the movie for me. Yeah, yeah I didn't want Kung Lao to die. I was I was some kind of mad about that. Kung yeah. Lao was my favorite person. With his cute self. Let me stop. <laughs> I mean, they were all the guys in this movie were cute. Yes. Yeah, well, Luke King. I don't, I don't know about that one. Ludi Lin, Asian Michael Jackson, whatever he was. Not <laughs> do it. Wow. He played Zach in the uh, <laughs> Power Rangers film. The Power Rangers film was Maybe trash. That's, so that's why nobody of, knows it. <laughs> oh, I knew. I was like, hey. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I like the first Power Rangers movie with Ivan Ooze. <laughs> Not the new one that came out. That was just weird. I, yeah. I appreciate Oh, I said alone that I love the new Power Rangers. <laughs> I was kind of mad there wasn't a sequel to the new one. They're supposed to, but, but it's stuck in production hell. So I want to say they sold the rights. Like they were they're done with it. Well, whatever they're doing, all I know is they're combining their universe with Street Fighter. Oh but lordy. The Battle for the Grid is actually pretty dope though. Like as a fighter game, it, it's highly slept on. Um and now I think they just put Ryu. He kind of has like uh Tommy vibes as a White Ranger. And it's it's pretty dope. 
I get down with it, but the movie, nah, I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Princess Jasmine and Becky G, they're not my Rangers. Yeah. Don't be hating on them, okay? <laughs> Just like Cole is not my Mortal Kombat character. <laughs> That's true. He tried. It's mine. <laughs> At least you tried. <laughs> No, he ain't trying. I, I think they just, you know, need another. Oh, never mind. I'm gonna keep that to myself. They, yeah, they did what they could with the budget they had, and apparently that's what they could afford. So, oh, wow. it was too many characters. I think it was entirely too many characters at once. Uh, I, I agree. Like, I don't know. I had to look back to see who General Raiko was. What? Like, you don't remember him from four? <laughs> once I so this version of him looks nothing like his video game version. Hell no! They they try to give him the the face paint, but yeah. they like did tribal marks, and he was never. It, it's weird because of course, like I bought the comics from Mortal Kombat X. Reiko is a big part of the story. Like Reiko wanted to take. He was Shao Kahn's best general, and. To a certain degree, like they have Reiko Accords, where Reiko is literally leading Shao Kahn's army the entire time while Shao Kahn is dead. So, uh, Nathan Jones is Reiko. It didn't make sense to me. Like, it's, it was horrible. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I'm going to say it was underutilized. I would have rather have seen. I don't know. I feel like they're saving Sindel for later. So there's no point in bringing her in now. I don't know who I would have seen. I guess they needed extendable characters. Baraka, you could have had him. He would have been dope um, as a fighter. Um, everybody from the first tournament. So uh, who else was in Mortal Kombat 2 that was on that side? Because uh, eh. like they brought Cabal in. And I'm like, Cabal was dope, though. I liked his interaction with Kano, the whole Black Dragon. Yeah. Thing. And they actually got it right with him saying, like, look, I got burnt. Kano's the reason why. But they, they could have used somebody else than Reiko because Reiko has so much more of a bigger story. As a matter of fact, if they wanted to, in the new game, Kotal Khan was tortured by, what's his name? Shang Tsung. And he used to be under Shang Tsung's control, which they have an Easter egg of Kotal Khan on the back of Sonya's wall. Oh, yes, they do. They could have uh, bought into it. I did just do a quick look-see, and I guess Katana... And Baraka were the only two people missing from MK2. And technically, if they wanted to, Katana could have fought for Shao Kahn because technically she was under his watch. And that's how Melina even came about. Yeah, I don't understand how we have the copy of the princess, but we don't have the princess. We have a nod to her. But I don't know. I I didn't like the movie. Her fan was in the movie. It was in back. But I guess they're they're saving it, and they're just like maybe it secretly was always going to get a part two. But I I just feel like if you're bringing resurrecting something back after so long, like let's make sure it's a winner. Yeah, it's like, and then Melina. Yeah, I agree with everybody. She got killed off. Like she, first of all, CC Stringer did an amazing job as Melina. Yeah, for the four words that she actually said out her mouth. Um, <laughs> but like. The look of her was pretty dope. 
I think what they try to do is to give us a better fight scene from the trash one that we got in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Mm-hmm. When it was just a mud fight, so we can just see boobs the whole entire time. Um, I, I think it was a lot better. Uh, she was thick. <laughs> That's you know, what I, I said. I was watching that. I was like, what? Yeah, and she got three <laughs> too. Like, yeah, she she went to the Dominicans for that braid, but it was, it was dope. Yeah, I, I do. I did enjoy everything about her character, just underutilized though, um, as well as you know the attention to detail as far as like we didn't see her go full Melina until almost right before she died, but watching her mouth separate and then like it matched in my mind at least is like. Oh, that's why she's always bloody because she's constantly healing. And I thought that that was just a nice detail that you don't really get in the video games all the time. Oh, I didn't know it was because she was always healing. Because I remember when they show what Melina was, literally on all the forums, everybody was complaining about her mouth. We don't like her teeth. We don't like her mouth. I'm like, oh, yeah, they were bashing. I'm like, dude. They're not going to leave out the most important part. Her mouth is going to open. Like, come on now. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't worry. Like, I mean, they're not going to let her be like what Joker was. Uh, he had the scars on his face and you didn't see his mouth open or something like that. Like, come on. They're not that stupid. Precisely. I think the way they handled it very well. Um, and she's obviously a beloved character, so people are going to have opinions about it. I think there's... I think I have seen more people in Molina cosplay than Katana, and Katana's the original. Yeah, and Katana was never my favorite as one of the originals. I was always a Jade Jade one, which yeah. wasn't Jade was a palace swap for those two, right? Her yep. and the uh what's the chick with the blood now? The uh, red one? Yeah. I forgot her she, name. She was also a palette ninja. It was her and Chameleon. And they just kind of went with it. Which, if Katana comes back, they got to bring Jade. Yeah, I think Jade's coming. I think we're going to get one per thing. They might even save Katana for the final film. And like she interjects in part two. Well, pretty Liu Kang better man on nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Don't talk about my man. (laughs) What? He's the prettiest character in the movie. Like everything was flawless on Luke Kane. Like you can see like the high resolution lights like on his skin. That's like how pretty <laughs> that man was. He had some Prince vibes. And then the, the whole the whole bracelet, like the 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 beads that he was holding on to, what is it? Kane will call them anal beads. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get that. It was weird. And you can't tell me, you cannot tell me that they tried to pull a Street Fighter when his second outfit fighting Cabal literally looked like Ryu. And then he tied Kung Lao's sash around his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought the same thing when that happened. But maybe they're teeing up a crossover at some point. I don't know. Hollywood can't be out of ideas yet. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, that... Uh, yeah, I would like to bloody um, in Bison because Bison is pretty stupid. I hated him as a character. Yeah. Oh. All right. So we move along. Cole goes to dinner post fight. He's already had his interaction with Jax. Asked him about his birthmark. We've all seen that. The first take in the trailer, the second take in the trailer. 
they fix the confusion. Um, it starts snowing in July. Sub-Zero's coming. And this scene, the way it's shot, showing the power of Sub-Zero or what he's capable of, I thought was great. The only question I have for you guys is who do you think he was there for? Was he there for Jax or was he there for Cole? I think it was Cole because Cole I think, is the I last. Think Cole. It's Cole is the last of Hanzo Hasashi's bloodline. I don't think that's he knows that. Sha- I think that's what Shang Tsung was trying to avoid the whole entire time. See, this is where I, that's why I ask. So when Sub Zero announces himself as Sub Zero after Shang Tsung has summoned him, he says the prophecy is not going to happen and it's dumb. Shang Tsung saying it might happen. This is why I want you to eliminate them before it happens. But that's why I'm confused as to where Sub Zero doesn't believe that it would ever happen, so he's not interested. Because like, why would he not go after Cole? Cole's been marked. Assuming Cole's 40, uh, for 40 years. Well, well, we don't, yeah. I mean, Cole, he could be 40. We have no idea. Um, I think Shang Tsung, I thought he mentioned it, how he said Cole was the descendant because the whole, Shang Tsung's whole plot, if you look at all the tournaments, was to really cheat his way so that Outworld could win 10 consecutive tournaments. And he wanted to kill off Earth Realms, only chances of winning because he's always had trouble with Earth Realms. So Shang Tsung knew something. And why else would he summon Sub Zero of all characters? It's got to be connected somehow. Damn, now you got to be really thinking about this. You know what? Can we phone Air Boom real quick? <laughs> like, he can make all this make sense. Make it make sense. <laughs> Great. You there? Oh, uh, was it was it mind blown? I don't know how long I was talking to myself on. Were the... you mute again? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you had one job. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I'm not even going to pretend to go back and say everything I just said, but I'm glad someone realized that I was talking to myself. (laughs) I would say the only other thing would have been is that, or what perpetuated my mindset on that is that when Jack stays behind and to fight Sub-Zero, Sub-Zero is content with that. He doesn't like, ignore him for then and then go after Cole. Even after he kills, presumably kills Jax, he didn't go after Cole. You know what? Like, can we say how disrespectful it was when Jax dropped off of that Yeah, planet? I was... Oh, oh yes. <laughs> I was like, damn. Like <laughs> oh, it's like... Like, imagine, like, picking up, like, a big old Christmas ham from, like, the grocery store... <laughs> Chucking it into the car, like they just dropped him like that, like full head ragdoll everything. It was Sub so- Zero doesn't give a fuck. I like what they did and how they made Jax lose his arms to Sub Zero. That was an amazing shot. 
Did they change yep. the story? Like there, it was a different way he lost his arms. Man, Jackson lost his arms by Goro. <laughs> he got him straight off. It's, he lost it to Ermac. Got him pulled straight off. Yeah, uh, Legacy. I think when he was covering Sonya, well, Michael Jai White played him, who would have been excellent as Jax. Mm-hmm. Um, evidently, when Kano blew up the lab, it messed his arms up, and he had to get cybernetic arms. So. Jax was going to get raw dogged either way. Right. I did like that scene because, like, if you watch it closely, Sub-Zero broke his bones bone by bone. Like, wrist, forearm, elbow. And I like how they explain the cauterization of the wound as well. Or how he could have survived. Which, that science makes sense on the limbs. It doesn't make sense on that body drop. No. (laughs) After when his head hit that. It was so bad. It was like, he's ragdoll, man. Like, you need a helmet for a drop like that. (laughs) Or he should have been in one afterwards. Like, and then they gave him the Iron Giant arms, which was hilarious. (laughs) Like, they look like the Iron Giant's arms. It was so bad. But it was so dope how they did it. (laughs) Those coming in adult sizes? (laughs) I was like, with all these years to figure out how to save lives. That was the best they had laying around. Y'all couldn't look at Tony Stark? Like, come on now. Uh-huh. <laughs> so if we move past Jack's dying, we get to Sonya Blades. Cole finds her, sees that she's already captured Kano. I don't know if we get a full explanation of why she's holding him hostage other than they watched him murder a champion. Um, Shanks, what's that? They said he murdered a champion. That's the reason why they watched him. No, I mean, like, no, no, they didn't say that. I'm just saying, like, so what? He may, he that's what I'm saying. I don't know why he's they're holding him. Like, what yeah, are they, they waiting to happen? It. Yeah, not at all. They, they don't. And I mean, everybody knows Jax. Not Jax, but Sonya and Kano would never get along like that. Never. Mm-mm. That would have been cool to see, like, a scene of her capturing him. Or, because Sonya, because if you know, so Sonya's partner gets killed by Kano, and that's why she's always hunted him. So could, and Kano said that one of the people that he killed, he ended up getting the symbol. Because Sonya's partner that he ended up killing, be a past champion. Oh. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> You're onto something there. It, it, it could be. I, I don't know. It That was just kind of weird placement with those two. I wasn't too happy with that. But I was happy with Kano. Were you happy with Sonya? She did good. As a matter of fact, did y'all see the chick that used to play Sonya in Mortal Kombat 3? as the actual model for it. And have you seen her now? And like yes. five looks the exact same. Like I was like, oh, I'm looking at my stomach like, I need to work on this. Right there. And she had <laughs> twins. <laughs> Bring her in the movie, please. <laughs> the only mayonnaise I like looking at. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get sponsored by Kraft. Yes, we 
Uh, Cole finds his way to Gary, Indiana, and where he meets Sonia Kano. Like I was saying, we get a wall with some Easter eggs on it. We see Nightwolf. We see... I forgot them all now. What? It was Night... Wait, it was Nightwolf. It was Smoke, because they said Mysterious Man Disappears. Yeah. Which I wonder, is that the guy that Jackson and were chasing on a mission that one time, and they got away from him? Oh, maybe. Yeah, see, world building... Because he mentions that. He said they were on a mission and then some person got away um, that they were chasing after because it was Smoke, then it was Kotal Khan, and I thought it was somebody else on there too. Maybe it was... Because there was two... Because it was... Kotal Khan was a, like the sundial artifact. Yep. But I want to say there was two pictures. I'm not going to harp on it. Um, so this is where we get Shang Tsung had Melina um, summon a reptilian, otherwise known as reptile. I like that we get this as a species versus... Uh, some shit like that. Yeah. Uh, versus just one assassin. So we could get another reptile at some point. Um, and then we get our first video game injection of Kano wins, <laughs> which was uh, fucking spot on and off putting at the same time. <laughs> what a fucking beauty. Yeah. <laughs> but this is also what makes me think that the champions have um, upper body endurance strength or something like that, because he also punched completely through a reptile and no one questioned it. He took a knife in the leg and just pulled it straight out. Even though oh. he's, he got pissed about it. <laughs> Sonya threw his own knife uh, <laughs> into his leg. I, <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed the uh, banter between them as enemies but we're still here together. Uh, Sonya also had a very nice barrel roll that proved to be ineffective, but the way they lined that shot up was nice. Yeah, uh, the 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 way she threw the knife, like, yeah. how does she get into the flip? Like, she just randomly appeared flipping like that. <laughs> yeah, like, I thought it was tight. I don't... Obviously, that was CGI, or they at least skinned the face over whatever acrobatic did that. Uh, yeah. And they can catch a knife while flipping. That's that's dope. Catch it and throw it, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. Very realistic. <laughs> uh next we get this info dump of Kano knowing where Raiden's training facility is, and they negotiate uh, X amount of million dollars after talking shit about Sonya's housing situation. <laughs> Both Kano and her herself admitting it. Um, along the way, they hop on a plane. Cole falls asleep and sees Hanzo in his dreams for another time. One thing that kept bothering me, and I just don't know enough about Mortal Kombat, is that why is it that both assassins can speak multiple languages and not just stick to one? We got some bilingual people. Because later, Hanzo only speaks to him in Mandarin or Chinese, and he can speak English. 
So I don't know why when they're fighting, he just doesn't speak English to Cole. Well, maybe he learned English in hell. Right, he got an education time. in Air Force. Yeah. <laughs> he had to <laughs> do something. It wasn't until I watched the movie with subtitles that I realized they were even flipping between Chinese and Japanese. Uh, that's that nether round university. <laughs> uh, true. Um, so they jump out of a plane, they land. Kano doesn't know how to read a GPS for some reason. <laughs> it's, I was going to say it's funnier than it should be, but yeah. It was. Yeah. Uh, right when they're about to quit, uh, Kung Lao, nope, Liu Kang comes across the desert sands, saves them, so to speak, but not before Kano challenging him, and he just straight up shoots him with a fireball. <laughs> like, I like the MC Hammer reference to him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kano has some great one-liners. I do have to say that. He, he does, and I'm not sure if that was a creative choice for him to be the comedic relief, or if it just worked out that way for Josh Lawson. Like, he just leaned into the character. I would love to see the Blu-ray. I mean, I'm going to buy it, obviously. But, like, the outtakes of the lines that didn't work. (laughs) (sighs) His lines were freaking hilarious. Like, when Liu Kang puts his hand on his shoulder, he's like, the fuck? (laughs) 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 Yeah, I mean... I don't know how other people will fare, but he is definitely a strong contender for a fan favorite. I don't know who else people would put above him. Sorry, Ash. Um, what? But... Yeah, pretty Lou don't work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just give him an egg roll. You're good. Mm, oh, he's loaded as Lou Kang. <laughs> <laughs> I forget the next scene. Oh, this is when we see the walls, right? Uh, he brings them into the training facility. They see past champions' uh, wins on the wall. Mm-hmm. And then this is where we first kind of learn that they're going to train, but then Raiden sets them straight of like, you're weak, you're worthless, and you don't even have an arcana. I didn't say those all right, but you can figure out what characters we're talking about by them, I'm sure. <laughs> we find that Jax is alive. Somehow someone went to L.A., got his body, and brought it to the desert faster than people who intentionally went to the desert. They can read GPS. I want to know this tracking technology because it's the same thing later when we get to the fights. Um, as a whole, this is where we learn hey, we got to train you guys. You're going to learn how to use your superpower. And to some effect, we have to force you into uncovering it. The most fun scene is Liu Kang and Kung Lao uh, trolling uh, Kano at the dinner table. Oh, my gosh. Uh, John, I know you're a big fan of the egg roll. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Like bold as y'all. Take turns sucking my ball sack or something like that. Yeah. Take turns sucking my sack. How about you two get on your knees? <laughs> He's like, you got Kung Pao over there with his best friend. 
who shoots fireballs with anal beads. <laughs> so bad. That scene I watched so many times because he like the whole give me the fucking aggro thing. Mm-hmm. One, he looks like he's about to like take a shit on himself. But then like his powers just come out of nowhere, which that's the one part about Kano that made me mad was like Kano never had powers of his own. He was always cybernetic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought in the trailer when he punched Reptile, uh, Sizos, Reptile, whatever you want to call him, through the heart, if Reptile is technically, like when he bled, it was acid. So if you think about it, I thought when he was punching through his body, his hand was melting off and we saw that he was half cyborg. That's what I was thinking originally. You know, when you look at his hand, it is weirder and blacker and smaller. Yep. Because uh, I had I didn't I didn't go that far into it, but yeah, I did think that like his hand doesn't match the way his hand should look, as well as the acid thing, which he already made use of when uh, he set himself free. Yeah, that that was just it was a weird scene for me. I mean, I, I love the acting. I thought it was great. I love his jokes, but he can shoot lasers out his eye, and he just knows how to do it randomly. Well, I think they definitely pushed him um, as far as he could go. Because, like, even the stuff he was saying is offensive and racist. But, like, you could tell it's like a child that's been backed into a corner and he's frustrated and he doesn't know how to express himself. So he throws a temper tantrum. Yeah. (laughs) Or egg roll. (laughs) Um, I think I skipped over my favorite part, though. Before this happens, we get what has happened to anyone that's ever played this game. I don't care how good you think you are. Someone has got you pinned against the end of the screen and keeps sweep kicking you. <laughs> oh, so bad. <laughs> and, Sorry, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Kung Lao's, uh, damn, I keep doing that. Liu Kang is training Kano and he sweeps him. And on surface value, I was like, okay, funny. And then when it gets him the second time, I was like, oh, are they doing this? And like my mind instantly transported me back to being pissed that I just lost 50 cents. Some <laughs> little kid came up, and this is the only move he knew, and it worked. Um, and then they even poke fun at it. It's like, I'm not gonna fall for it a third time. <laughs> I feel like I was that little kid that did that to you as well. <laughs> And so, like, Kano jumps thinking he avoided it, and as soon as he wins, he gets swept again. Um, I'm sure this move has a name for it nowadays. I don't know what it is. I think it's uh, sweet. But, yeah, I was very, very... Uh, it made me laugh, but it also triggered so much anger because I have definitely been just... I'm not talking about playing at home. This is at an arcade. Coin op machines. Mm-hmm. Your hard just, earned money. My grandmother would only give me five bucks and I had to make it last. And sometimes it was like, I'll be back at three. And three was like five hours later. So it forces you to be better at games or at least spectate more than you play. But when you have that person just rob you of your two quarters, kind of just want to push him down and hope his mom's not watching. <laughs> yeah. You're going to cry in the car. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to win this real fight. 
and I like the 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 small hop that he did, and it made us look. It made me feel like how stupid I used to look trying to jump, avoiding those. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, gotta be quicker than that. <laughs> uh, so that was great. Um, along the way, obviously, they meet adversity and challenges. Shang Tsung shows up, threatens them. Uh, at some point, Cole quits. Raiden opens the curtain and says, you can go back home. He does. This is where he gets tracked down by Goro. Which, John, to your point, Goro looked great. Like yes. I wasn't mad at it. Um, Ash, I believe you commented on uh, his hair. That good edge control. And it teed us up for him discovering his arcana, which we knew was going to happen eventually. I just didn't think it was going to be lame. At a farm? <laughs> yeah. Goro comes out of a barn. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? I'm really about to look at the Prince of the Shokas coming out of a barn, and they just start fighting. I was like, that is such a waste of a scene. It was, yeah. it was good. It had its parts, though. And he actually spoke. I just, yeah. I'm sorry, Cole. It's just, you don't, you don't do it for me. You didn't. Um, I mean, he got knocked out right me. when he got his powers. I like just, how they put Kano, not Kano, but I like how they put Goro against a truck. Because what it made me think of was <laughs> you played Street Fighter, and you had to used to beat up like the car for like the, the action Acura. points. Yep. That's what I thought about. And then test your might as well, too. Oh, true. I just wish that fight scene was better. I mean, Natara is utilized, underutilized, and only on screen for maybe a total of three minutes. She still managed to have one of the best kills in the <laughs> That was Yeah, that that was my number one right there. And she lost. <laughs> like they nailed one, they nailed the fatality. Two, they nailed Kung Lao's um signature kick, drop kick from the sky, and then he wrote her all the way down. Like it was yeah. perfect. He was like, ah! and was like yes, I honey. At the time, I I just, like, when he said flawless victory, I was like, yeah, that was pretty clean. But then I thought about it. I was like, wait, she never touched him. It really was a flawless victory. Ooh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, it, it was on the second viewing. The first time, I was like, damn, he's smooth. <laughs> uh, the second time, I was like, oh, yeah, like, they never connect. She was too busy flying. But if you think about it, Natara was always a she was a character that had potential because in the games there's like you have Earth Realm, Order Realm, Chaos Realm, Nether Realm, and then Outworld and Adenia. There's supposed to be a vampire realm. And the only reason why Natara is even important is because she helps Cyrex find the egg to bring the Dragon King back. So like when they announced mm. she was gonna be in it, I'm like, uh, what the hell is she gonna do? <laughs> She had no powers in the game. She was just a vampire with wings yeah. that wore heels. Like, she was a waste of a character. A lot of Mortal Kombat 5 characters were a waste of, waste of time. Like, Su Hao, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess that's why they're here, right? So they can, they can die. It wasn't ever... I was never thinking she's going to make it to the end. <laughs> um... I can't oh, remember no, the Shang Song was messing with her though. 
because he uh-huh. was beautiful. I was like, oh, you a freak freak. <laughs> you know, I was wondering about that because it seemed like <laughs> he sucking souls and she sucked blood. Like, come on now. Uh-uh. <laughs> oh, damn. Correlation. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Man, I don't I don't even know where to go from there. It really just <laughs> Y'all it ain't right. I have to excuse my ranchiness. I'm sorry. I feel like that should be put on a shirt. Yeah. Um, I've heard. Soul, she sucked blood. <laughs> All right, so Kung Lao gets his soul sucked, unfortunately, right after his win. Um, they retreat. Raiden takes them to the neither place. That's not the actual name, but the in-between realm, the void. Um, <coughs> from here, they devise a plan to do exactly what Shang Tsung was doing, is attack them without them being prepared. They each go out into the world to do this. And I am I'm skipping ahead. We get to the Kano and Sonya fight. And Sonya is still just a regular mortal, not a champion. She defeats Kano. And in the time it took her to defeat Kano and get back to Cole, she's discovered her arcana. And I just don't think that's possible. And she killed Melina, but left her spine intact. You know what? (laughs) You know what to think about that? Because we know how she gets her, her, uh, her marking. But yeah, how the hell did she know she had power rings like that? Yeah, like she just pulled up an imaginary gun and shot it into the air and was like, this is going to work, Cole? Like she wasn't uh, angry. No one even laid a hand on her. Uh, I think the void was like the hyperbolic time chamber. So maybe she learned <laughs> in there. <laughs> and that's how she did it. Another thing that you skipped over, can we marvel at how great the pit stage looked? Yes. Uh, and I think everyone knew exactly what it was as soon as it came on the screen. Like, I don't think that someone's like, what are they doing? It's like, no, this is the pit. It's like its own character, which yeah. it has been for decades. They could have. Yeah, like, I figured that out. When Jax clapped his head, they should have let him fall off of the stage. And into <laughs> the fights. I figured when they didn't show it, when he broke the mallet or the hammer, the gauntlet, whatever you call those things is that they're saving it. Because if they didn't show the hammer fall down there, but they could show Jax's body drop, that they weren't going to show us the full pit. Like, and I bet you they didn't because they didn't have the money. He could have just threw Rako's body down besides, yeah, these motherfuckers work. Like, <laughs> that was a funny line. But I'm like, oh, man. I, the, like, their depiction of the pit was amazing. It was spot on. It was like Mortal Kombat 1 and Mortal Kombat 9 mixed together. Like, from the spikes at the bottom, the spikes on the um, the little pillars that were holding it up, it was yeah. incredible. They could have given Jax a better line, though. Hey, big boy. <laughs> Your breath stinks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess they could have. Um... <laughs> was that Jax's gotcha punch too? Yeah. Okay. I was trying to make sure I caught that right. They really let him shine for this because, like, if it wasn't a fatality I've seen before, I would have thought it was a brutality. Because, like, he really just goes in on him. Mm-hmm. This is the only time you actually see someone sustain damage 
that matches the blow that they're taking. Yeah, his face was getting caved in. Yeah. I loved it. He was like, ooh, ooh, pow. Do y'all remember in, what was it, God of War 3, when Kratos kills Hercules? He had to, like, press the button to bash his face in. And the more you do it, his face just gets disgust- more disgusting. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. True. And I, I just wish, I, I don't know. Of course, they're probably trying to put this in a theater so they have to take their wins or whatever to get the R rating and not the NC-17 rating. However, um, I think movies should just film the NC-17, edit it to an R, and then hit us up on the 4K and the Blu-ray. Yep. <laughs> now, I will say this. If Goro looked that good in CG, what about Shiva? Shiva's going to look amazing. Yes. Yeah, and I have to assume they're going to get a bigger budget. Um, what was the budget of this? $50 million? I think it was 50 or 55, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it was it was pretty good for what they did. And they had Greg Russo. You have one of the Russo brothers do this. Mm-hmm. Like James Wan was already pretty cool, but Greg Russo, that's that's saying something. Imagine if it was like the guy who did what is it, the Transformers franchise? Who is Michael Bay? Yeah. Imagine if he did something like that. Megan Fox would have been Sonya. Oh, oh gosh! There would have been explosions everywhere. Oh my god! And everybody would have been. All the women would have been wearing like a two piece. Or we could have did a Zack Snyder type, which would be dope. Oh yeah, Zack Snyder would have been good. Everything's in slow mo. Well, they could have put the X ray moves in there, like this in the game now. We're oh. like big. They have like you know like the fatal blows and stuff like that where they slow it down. That would have been dope. Yeah, I actually would have been okay with that. They actually did have one of those. But that's that's coming up later when you get to that part. Well, I don't know where we're at, actually. <laughs> uh, Jax just clapped somebody. Oh, yeah. Uh, so then we get to the scene that I kind of jumped ahead to where Cole is losing against Melina, and she's using her teleportation to kind of overpower him. And then that's when Sonya, who... Yeah, I skipped over all that. Man. Sonya and Kano have their moment, and I think that for a you know a non-champion, Sonya is using her trailer home to her benefit. If no one has ever said that, probably in the history of the world, is that there is a benefit to living in a trailer. And uh, she's very clever with her choices. I like when she uses the paint thinner to short out his eye, that or was- I guess he senses that if he uses it, he's going to blow up. Um, which kind of neuters him enough for her to get into a close combat, which Sonya's known for her Krav Maga. I don't even know what style that is, but either. Yeah. Those of you who've played the game, this is when she executes her most tactical moves that we know is her signature. Um, and then I'm not sure if that gnome that she uses, uses to, um, Take Kano's eye out is a reference to something. He spat on it spat on earlier it. in the movie. But I didn't know if it was like, uh, like a thing from the game. One of the Kano said he hates gnomes or something like that. Uh, yeah. So and then just he what? Okay. Did that nasty loogie on it and? 
I don't know if that was real, like if they recorded that sound, but whatever they used to make that sound was disgusting. Oh, stop. Like I felt it. Yeah, that, that came from the bowels. That was nasty. <laughs> but we're oh not going. But you know what? We're not going to ignore the fact that when Sonya Sonya was fighting Kano in the trailer, um, her actual trailer, that that was some <laughs> real Batman Arkham Asylum type stuff. Like if you okay. played that game where like you can hide out and stuff like that and pop up out of nowhere, oh, like some real Arkham so Asylum Metal Gear Solid sneaking around type stuff. I didn't think about that. I've never played. Uh, Arkham, but I played Metal Gear Solid. But yeah, good call. Um, Sonya does that. Cole gets help because he's weak. Uh, <laughs> and then we jump back to Cole's family, which I thought was really subtle, and I missed it the first time. The second time I caught it. Uh, I forget Emily's mother's name, but she's going to get their stuff together. And if you look at the scene, all the windows are frosted. So we know Uh Sub-Zero's there. I wish they would have let that go on a little bit longer of like subtle things freezing in the house while they're packing instead of you kind of see four or five windows real quick and then the next time she passes by a window, Sub-Zero's there. Um. That me out. That was Shit. a jump scare, though. I'm not going to lie. I jumped. <laughs> oh, really? I, I jumped when she opened the door and he was right there. It's like, remember when Scorpion appears behind Johnny Cage out of nowhere in the first movie and punches yeah. him in the face? <laughs> the iconic welcome. That's what it kind of hit me with that. Except Sub-Zero look, no lie, kind of scary. He does. Like, his, his presence on the screen is very intense. Michael Myers all day. Mm-hmm. I don't enjoy his um I don't enjoy his costume. But I was hoping to save that until we got to the actual point. Um so he presumably takes mom and daughter and then he goes to where Cole is and it seems as though he can teleport at will which I'm not really sure how that's working. Cuz is he like really Shang Tsung open this up? Or, like, how... I want to know, because it, it comes into play again, or previously, when he is able to track down the Ford Bronco or whatever they're driving as a getaway car. Like, he wouldn't be able to run that fast, but somehow he knew where they were going, and he was able to, I assume, teleport there. I mean, he can shoot ice balls, and he can make clones. Yeah, I mean, if he did the ninja slide thing, that would have been cool if he like, slid all the way to locations. <laughs> no, actually, what if during the fight that comes up later that he did the uh, the ice puddle? I wanted to see that so bad. Oh. Yeah, see, that would have been cool, too. Um, anyway, so we don't get that. Cole goes in to chase Sub-Zero, and now he's by himself for this one-on-one fight. And immediately starts getting his ass kicked. And it isn't until he pulls out his ancestors or Hanzo's spade. And somehow, even though he's wearing armor that couldn't be penetrated by Molina's sword, that cuts his hands. He bleeds his ancestors' blood through his blood. I don't know. I'm lost on how that whole thing worked. But basically, he got cut and unleashed a scorpion... And Scorpion and Sub-Zero 
uh, give us the show we wanted to see. However, this is a comment that I kind of didn't want to say fully. I don't like either one of their costumes. I like them. I thought it was a because, I mean, the first movie was directly out of the video game. The second movie, directly out of the video game. So I think it was a really, it was a mixture of, I think the Mortal, to me it felt like Mortal Kombat X all over again. Mm -hmm. Um, With a little like, because Scorpion is traditional Japanese garb, um, samurai garb. So I like what they did with that, with the shoulder pauldrons. I think that's what they're called. And uh, they gave him the hood like he has now. Sub Zero, uh, they had some Game of Thrones type shit going on. <laughs> yeah, there there are a few liberties, and um, you know I'm I'm o- I'm okay with it. Like it's better not getting any costume. I feel like they try to mix too many concepts together with it because when they're fighting and his armor breaks, it goes to his classic costume. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes less is more, and you don't need to try and incorporate everything. Like, that's what, like, you're worried about that, but you're not worried about giving us the characters we want to see if there's never a sequel. Actually, you know what? To go back off your comment about how Hanzo comes back, remember when Raiden gives him the 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 roped kunai, or mm-hmm. the rope art, whatever it is? It has the blood of Hanzo on it. So I guess their blood synced together, and that's how he comes back. That's That was the key to unlocking him to come back. Oh, the, he, he needed, or the generations had to touch, I don't know. There's a word for this. I think it's in the movie Hitch. <laughs> How, like, when there's long absences, I don't know why I'm referencing Will Smith. I'm going to stop. <laughs> the Ellis Island scene for all you Hitch fans out there listening to a horror podcast. <laughs> um, so, like you said... Scorpion Sub-Zero fight, I think there's a couple clever things they do. Um, using Scorpion's blood to stab him with something who you've ne- I've never seen before. Uh, as well as the ice wall that he creates to throw Scorpion through. Straight out the game. Yeah. I love it. And then eventually Sub-Zero, like you said to your point, he takes enough damage to where he's just in the regular costume. I don't understand in this scene, it's the only thing I don't like about this, is why they have to take off their mask to talk. I was just going to ask that. I wasn't sure it's because, like, it'll be hard for us to hear them or what. That's or what ADR co- is for. Like, we we don't care about the actual <laughs> physical things they're on set. Well, shit, what, what is it? Uh, didn't he, Hanzo say you'll one day remember my face? Is that why he took it off? Oh, yeah, to reveal. I thought so the first time, but then... I don't know. It's not it's not consistent because even when Scorpion reintroduces himself, he says the iconic line, get over here. But again, they've never spoken English to each other in 700 years. So, Maybe he got asthma and he's just smart and bilingual. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, it's, it's hot in hell. You can't breathe. That's not... I don't know about y'all, but if I got put in the oven and <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. He's probably happy to be up and about. <laughs> um, the only other thing I don't like about this is Cole is distracted trying to save his family instead of just like teaming up and probably saying, hey, great grandfather, why don't you just melt this with your flamey thing? 
Dude was punching uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> like, once a loser, always a loser. <laughs> um, but so, and this is nitpicking again. I didn't like, and I researched this, like, Scorpion doesn't go full skull when he does his signature uh, flame. And turns out it's because in China, it's illegal to show a skull on the screen. Oh. And they wanted this to play in the theaters. Oh. I had no idea. Hmm. I wonder what's behind that. Do they feel uh, like that's probably going to curse something? or? No, I mean, Ooh. it's just one of those weird rules. Like, in Virginia, it's illegal to... Never mind. Well, is there is there censorship laws? Their censorship yeah. laws are like way different over there. Okay. But it's just amazing that it's like uh, we're so reliant on them as a source of income that instead of just releasing two different edits of the film, which would have been 30 seconds, give us what we want to see and let China have their own little version. We only have this one version. So can we get the Russo cut? Like the Snyder Cut? <laughs> well, I wonder if it was filmed, because it's just CGI. So, like, to have someone go in and make it go full skull can't be... I don't know. I assume it can't be much work. But <laughs> there's a lot of things that go into 3D rendering. Um, so, at this point, I'm sure a lot of fans are confused, because Sub-Zero gets defeated by Scorpion. <laughs> Scorpion goes back into hell... Um, Sub-Zero has a similar demise if you guys paid attention to after he gets roasted he disappears and then um, the tournament hasn't started did you catch it though when Sub-Zero when Sub-Zero first got killed right his mm-hmm. eyes were closed when Shane Sung was summoning him back his eyes were wide open yeah so I'm wondering did he fully die because I thought the whole thing was when Shang Tsung said, you might have beaten my warriors, Shang Tsung can resurrect people. So I'm wondering, you know he's going to turn into Noob Saibot. You know Goro's going to come back and get another hand, and he's probably going to beat the hell out of Cole Ford. Yep. <laughs> um, Melina's... The thing about Melina, you can kill her, but remember, she's a clone. So yep. who's to say he didn't make multiple versions of her? Or he could just keep doing it. Yep. Which I like all of that. Um, that it's it's left very open, and the one time Raiden decides to do something, he misses, <laughs> which was very disappointing. Um, so Shang Chung gets away. They decide they need to go find champions. Sometimes later, uh, all of the ice has thawed out. There's no water damage in the gym, and it's open for business. <laughs> and um, Cole's moving out. Well, there was one guy with a mop bucket. Yes. Oh, that must I be guess. a powerful mop. Yeah, they no. had it. The Froster. Scorpion defeated <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, so continuity running issue in this. Um, we get some dialogue between the gym owner. I assume he's a gym owner, at least a promoter, fight promoter. Uh, and Cole. Cole says he's going to Hollywood. At this point, I'm sure everyone's spidey senses are going off as to what he's referencing. Uh, at this point for me, first time in, I paused it to see how much time was left. Because, like, do we have enough time to get a character <laughs> reveal? We do not. I resumed, and we just see the poster for Johnny Cage's new movie, Citizen Cage, uh, which I thought was great. The belt buckle was fantastic. 
Um, it's it, the the half torso down poster just screams Johnny Cage. Like everything about that character that we know, love, and sometimes hate. I hated him in the first one. Uh, oh, what? Lyndon Ashby was amazing as Johnny. No, I'm sorry. The game, not the movie. Oh, I was about to say. Yeah, the game. He was, he was definitely a John Claude. <laughs> rip off. Yeah. Um, so that was Mortal Kombat 2021. I'm going to ask you guys two more questions and uh, feel free to say whatever final pieces you have. One, the most important final thoughts. Where do you want to see this go? What do you think part two is going to be? Uh, Devin, we'll start with you. I don't know, just only because I don't know the the trajectory of the mythology. Um, but I want to see more characters from the video games, the ones that I remember. Um, and I, I guess for you guys, I want to, you know, on your behalf, I want to see a more cohesive narrative that ties into what the video games are, are all about. Um but I enjoyed what I saw, and that's just because I'm not tethered, you know, tied to the 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 series. But more, I guess, more action sequences. More action sequences. Yeah, I I think given the talent that's on screen, I agree with you, especially uh, when you have two seasoned actors, um, the people who play Scorpion Sub Zero, and Louis Tan is known for stunt work. Yep. So like, let's put him through more stuff. Let him. Yeah, I agree. Bag that his character seems mm-hmm. to be. He, he could be Johnny. If you want to reduce. Stuff. Yeah. If you want to reduce the amount of clothing he's wearing in the next one, I'll be more than happy with it as well. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I forgot this is a family show. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome stuff. I'm sorry. It was trash. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you could see it bunching towards the end, and I was like, no one could smooth that out in editing. Yeah. I thought that it... Anyway, uh, John, <laughs> your thoughts? Um, I, I like the way they set it up. I think what's going to happen, and this is with, you know, our knowledge of, like, the, the lore, I think what's going to happen is, of course, Shang Tsung is going to get chewed out by Shao Kahn. Shao Kahn is going to say, look, you have one more time to mess up and I'm going to kill you, basically. And what's going to happen is Shang Tsung's going to come back with a lot more. Like he said, he's going to bring an army. It's Shao Kahn's army, obviously. Um, They're going to have a tournament. Of course, they lose. And then Shao Kahn comes back. Hopefully, it's not as cheesy as the first movie where he pops out of the top of a temple. It looks real stupid. (laughs) Um, And looks nothing like what he did in Mortal Kombat 2. Annihilation, which will make... You know, Cole could have been in that movie. Uh, Great. <laughs> but overall, I think I think once I found out the whole plot behind it, I think it was great. I think it sets up for a lot of sequels. I want to see some side um, some side stories like the Shaolin Monks, where they talk about Liu Kang and Kung Lao, because their stories are really, really rich. Um, maybe give, you know, Sub-Zero instead of Scorpion. A backstory. Talk about the Lin Kuei for once. Um, you can have a spinoff with, you know, Sonya and Jax as a special forces. Um, I, I thought they executed it great. I think it was a lot of characters that just kind of rushed into it for fan service, but 
dealing with the budget they had, as many scripts they went through, dealing with the fact their main character Cole sucked. Um, <laughs> and his name is Cole. Like it was first, it was Cole Turner, and then they changed it to Cole Young, which didn't make it any better whatsoever. Yeah. He's not he. You know what? He's not as bad. It's just the way they used him. Maybe go back and explain a little bit more about him, especially who is this? He's a he's a descendant of Scorpion. So who was the kid? Because Scorpion is only known for having a son and a wife. That was pretty much it. So introducing that, I want to find out the Liu Kang backstory, especially since they said it was, you know, it was some pedophile type stuff, and evidently he took a marking of a champion, but. I'll watch it again. I'll keep watching it strictly for Kano and Kung Lao. Ash. Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm having technical difficulties. But anyways, um, yeah, but just pretty much piggybacking like off of what you, uh everyone else said. Um, I'm not too familiar with the whole lore of Mortal Kombat. I only played like to the game, so I'm not familiar with everything, but um, I would love to see more characters. I just hope, like, with the uh, with uh, the sequels, hopefully, I think we're going to get them. When if they when when they get more money, I hope it doesn't get to them. I don't want them to be like, oh, we got more money, so we're just going to do extra CGI on this and that. Like, just what they did with this film was good. Like, just don't let the money get over your head. Uh, more characters, more character storylines. Um, I keep up with the blood and the the fighting sequences. I really enjoy that. Um, I love the inclusion of, like, the actors they had for this film. That was awesome. Um, but, yeah, I think that's just about it. I think for me, it's more so I don't care what the sequel is. I need a Mortal Kombat universe because there's so many characters that deserve, you know, a backstory. Like, for example, a spinoff of just Sindel uh, and Katana, like queen mm-hmm. and princess doing their things. That opens the doors up to introduce Rain, Jade, uh, Tanya, Chinook, Quan Chi, um, Liu Kang could even appear in it if you needed to be because they're all connected characters and just going through that journey. And just like John said about the special forces, like if you showed Sonya and Jax's adventures and possibly the other champion uh, that we didn't get to see, what's just mentioned, um, I think that that could always come back together. And then we have a part two and all these characters make sense and we don't need a bunch of screen time with everyone because we've satisfied them with their own solo stories. Hmm. I think it'll work really good as a TV series, honestly. Yeah. I'm what, good. network? Or HBO Max. <laughs> <laughs> or Netflix could do it, too, because they have a Netflix? pretty good budget. Yeah. They have more money, but I don't think HBO would give it up. Yeah, with their streaming service and what they have right now, I think HBO has something definitely good, especially, like, with the success of the movies that are being released during the pandemic, like everybody is mainly going to HBO for it. You yeah. have TV shows like Lovecraft Country that's gotten really good reviews. I think Mortal Kombat, they should give us a better show because Conquest was stupid. 
Um, huge waste of time. Even though Scorpion Sub Zero have an amazing fight in that that show, and then yeah, maybe some web series. Who knows? That'd be cool. So speaking of like characters, so at the end they show us like Johnny Cage. Well, you, hey, hey, who's the host here? Oh, God. <laughs> damn it! You don't steal my thunder, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Gray is big mad about that one. No, go ahead and ask. Never mind. I don't want to. I'm just kidding. So, okay, so cast who who do you see playing Johnny? If we were to get a sequel, who would you like to see? Oh, I got two perfect ones. Oh, let's hear it. Um (laughs) well, I don't know if you guys read the news, but Ryan Reynolds is interested in it. Yeah. He talked about it and shut then, up. That's who I was gonna say. Ryan Reynolds <laughs> and then WWE's The Miz. Yes. Um, yeah, I heard that and from Real World. He would yeah. be a really cool guy to do it. And then um, if you're an MMA fan, uh, Stephen Wonderboard Thompson would be dope as Johnny Cage because he actually has a martial arts background. And Johnny Cage is pretty acrobatic too. But I don't know if he has like the comedy for it. So I think those three would be dope. What? I hate to admit it. I've seen these people on the reddits and the forums and what have you i think the miz is probably the most charismatic and not well known if you're not a wrestler however wrestling wrestling and horror blend together i don't know why same thing disney uh, horror fans like wrestling and disney i don't know why so i think there'd be a draw <laughs> or i say that but i used to watch wrestling all the time so i'm not <laughs> downing wrestling at all um i see the miz but that's not my choice. What's your choice? I don't know if I can explain it right, but I have already gone on record. I was on a, another podcast earlier this week. Uh, Michael Sarah. Huh? Canada's right. finest. Let's, uh... <laughs> yep, I'm hitting Google right now. You better stop playing. I mean, oh. if you, if you think the guy who plays Scott Pilgrim, um, Ooh, oh, we we know he has like. If you look at his character in Scott Pilgrim, he is a dick, and like he has that quality. We know he can do action sequences, and no one would expect that to be Johnny Cage. Um, I see the logic. I actually I see a logic. I still right can't now. get out of super bad. I can't do it. Like he would have to get like super ripped and swollen. Oh yeah, I mean he would have to work out and commit to the role. Sure, agree. Um, but I think if that's the guy on the screen as Johnny Cage, like people would be like, what? But still drunk <laughs> to it. I, I see the logic behind that. I do. I, I see that. It's just, can he physically transform himself? Uh, Michael, I hope you do. I know you're listening. Thanks for your support. <laughs> Hell, you know what? Even this might be a shot in the dark, but. I could see Chris Evans that played Captain America doing it. Ooh. He was also in Scott Pilgrim. But yeah. Or the guy that plays Star Lord. Chris, oh, Chris Pratt. Pratt. Do we Chris like Pratt would be dope because he's he's got that sarcastic He's got the yeah, mouth, mouth for it. And he's got the build now for it too, since anybody who becomes an Avenger, like they put you through rigorous training. So I think he'll be a good one for it. Mhm. So I'm so like with actors who are like part of like the Marvel universe, are they allowed to do 
another like universe film. Yeah, Chris uh, Evans has um his Thor and shit. What was the other franchise he was a part he of? He was in Fantastic Four. Yeah, oh god. That uh, well, I know because well, you have like Marvel and they have like Mortal Kombat. That's like two different. But you had Ryan Reynolds as Green Lantern and then he became Deadpool. True. Yeah. Ugh, Green you have Chris Pratt with. Um, I'm talking about Wolverine Deadpool. That don't count. You have Chris Pratt with the Jurassic World franchise and the um, Marvel stuff. Galaxy of the Guardians. Chris yeah. Evans is free and clear publicly. Like he's not tied to the MCU anymore. However, uh, however, I've heard talks that he might get not a standalone film, but he might reprise Captain American, Captain American role. Hmm. I don't know because I'm kind of liking uh, Anthony Mackie right now, um, <laughs> as a black version of him, which is pretty dope because they did it in the comic books. So yeah, and they greenlit Captain American Four will be him as Captain America, so he will get his own film. I think Anthony Mackie needed to redeem himself after uh, what is that show that came out where they were? It, it's like a show where it's just like paranormal activity like going on, and they oh, were Black like Mirror. Yeah, that episode. Was oh, <laughs> I never watched that show again after that one. Oh man, I love uh, that episode with him and Yaya Abdul Mateen. Or was there a different one? It was the that might be what's the name, name of it with the video game. Yes. yes. Yeah. That was crazy. And I was like, I don't know how you're going to bounce back from that one, but it's pretty good. Now, let me... Or oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I was trying to think of other actors who could play um, Johnny Cage. And I, and I was just, I guess, just any bland Hollywood CW actor at this Damn. point, really. No, they're going to need a draw. <laughs> they need... Cause, the reason why he wasn't in the movie is because they said like he's too he would have taken away from the other characters because he's such a he's such a predominant character in the series that he needs a lot of attention on him. So that would have probably taken away from Sub-Zero, um, Liu Kang, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. The, I have a different question for you, possibly controversial. Do you think fans could handle this if there was a gender swap. For John Janine Cage? Yeah. Heck yeah. We like, got it with Cassie Cage. Because, well, that's what I was thinking. Like, the belt doesn't really necessarily mean it's a man right there. Although it says Johnny Cage, but I mean, there are women named Johnny. I would love it. I mean, I like what it's kind of like what Marvel's done, like in the comic books, like they've been, you know, very, very open, like with gender swapping um, certain predominantly like predominantly male characters like Iron Man is a, f- a black female now. Thor is going to be a woman. Um, they made Iceman the first openly gay Marvel character, which I thought was really dope. Um, I wouldn't be as a matter of fact. They they kind of crossed that in um, Mortal Kombat X because Kung Jin is also the first um, homosexual male inside of a, a fighting game franchise like that. I did not know that, actually. Yeah, they have a scene where Raiden is talking to him, and he was like, well, why don't you go join the White Lotus Society where Kung Lao and 
Liu Kang training, he was like, you know, how do you know they'll accept me? And he was like, they care not who your heart desires, but what you are to the rest of the world. And they came out and said, yeah, that's what he really is. Mm. I like I- that. Finally getting representation for everybody. Shit, uh, what is it? Is it uh, the chick from f- the Final Fight series? Is her name like Poison or something like that? Final Fight, like the 2D scroller video game? Yeah, was it because she was with that dude named Hugo? He was like a really big, weird looking guy. But she I... always, she has like a whip in her hand. She's trans, she's trans um, sexual. Uh, no, I did not know that. I, yep. I, huh. Well, then never mind. Well, then, all right. Who do, who would you guys like to see in that role? Shit. For Johnny? Yep. Whether you, you could flip gender orientation or uh, race. Oh, Ooh, Black Johnny Cage be dope. Mm. If there's a Black Johnny Cage, Michael B. Jordan. Nah. No. He's big. My Jordan plays himself <laughs> every single I, movie. Okay. <laughs> how about how about Jaden Smith? No. Nah. <laughs> nah, Jaden can't do it. What's the name Jayden of the kid from Everyone Hates Chris? <gasps> he got oh, it. Tyler Williams. Uh, Tyler, Tyler James Williams. Williams. Yeah. What about him? I like him. I would love to see him. That would be a good choice. Yeah, I mean, he's got he's got I mean, a he's smoldering good at, thing. He was good in that movie um, that came out on Netflix. Was it Dear White People? Oh, yeah. yeah. I loved his role in that. I loved yeah. it. All right. Uh, we, I think we have our Johnny Cage. He's come a long way since everyone hates Chris. <laughs> he was great in The Walking Dead. I'm still mad they killed off his character. But oh, when they killed him, that, his face, that was dirty. he was getting ready to get mangled. <laughs> was like, y'all got to be funny, right? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly never thought he was going to grow up to be a good looking dude. Oh, yeah, he's handsome. Yeah. That is a handsome dude. All right. That is going to wrap Mortal Kombat. Uh, I believe we have one question. Hold on. Sorry, I need to pull it up. I'm slacking, y'all. Okay. So, a question. Oh, there's multiple all right, from our good friend Raul, aka the Monster Slayer. Ooh. He <laughs> he asked, "Are we ever going to get up to a point where we can just collaborate, minority?" Wait a minute. Let me see. I'm gonna guess he's saying celebrate. Okay, yeah. Sorry. Are we going to are we ever going to get a point where we can just celebrate minority filmmakers without having their films be about race issues? Like can we just have a, a crazy slasher or a monster movie from minority filmmaker just because they are good filmmakers? Yeah, I hope so. Marvel. They're doing that right now with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That was a big talk during the Disney um all hands meeting that came out that was like three hours long where basically there's going to be uh, an Indian woman is going to be directing, I think, She-Hulk. Uh, Ryan Coogler's doing 
Black Panther again. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I think it's a, fe- a black chick that's also directing a... Um, Nia Mar- DeLong is doing uh, Captain Marvel 2. Yep. No, Nia DaCosta. Ooh, sorry. Sorry if you're listening to our show. Nia DaCosta. Yeah. Who did you say? You said... I said DeLong. Oh. <laughs> Damn. Sorry. And I didn't correct you. I just I said that, that right, sounds right. <laughs> well, in my mind, I was thinking Nia DaCosta because I was going to say Candyman. Um, but like, I just heard what I wanted to hear until you corrected yourself. Same. I was like, wait a minute, I got the shirt on. Hold on, DaCosta. I'm sorry. Wear my Kill the Dead shirt too. I just wore it yesterday. I stay wearing that shirt. I love it. Uh, new design coming in June. I've I've been slacking off on that, but I'll get some out. Send it to everyone. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, if I understand Raul's question correctly, that I think um, there is some negativity in you know the community of like, oh, Jordan Peele only does black trauma, or the new series by Lil Marvin is only focused on black trauma. But it's like there have been other African American filmmakers for a long time. And no one has said anything like that. So I get that right. it's popular now and it's trending or what have you. And people want to do this. But, like, no one complained when 12 Years a Slave was made. No right. one complained when The Color Purple was made. Nope. Uh, I still watch Roots to this day. Amistad. Yeah, Amistad. Um, so I think that it's easy for people to poke at things when it's topical. However, this isn't new to... Uh, um, the Hollywood or entertainment. It, and for some people, it could be new to them because I do think that um, uh, implicit bias, I might not be saying that right, but like if you just watch white faces on television all day, it's very hard for some of those people who do that to then watch a minority television show because mm-hmm. it's just so foreign to you. But it's not because you are intentionally or consciously ignoring um, a race. It's just like, this is what's fed to you. So I do think for some people, it's like for the first time realizing that there are minorities in Hollywood that work or not the Mm -hmm. same actor has to play the foreign person every time uh, is a thing that's a shock for some people. Uh, And then other people, obviously 2020, a lot of actors quit their job and apologize for being a white person, not playing a white person on whatever format they were acting. Um, so, you know, things are changing, and I think eventually people will stop being so butthurt about it. Uh, but until then, deal with it. People need to, there shouldn't be a Bollywood. Like, Hollywood should just be Hollywood. Not saying that Indian culture can't celebrate what they want to do, but they shouldn't have to make their own. We shouldn't have to have a BET. We shouldn't have to have uh, Univision, right? Yeah. Television should just be television, and it should be uh, reaching out to everyone instead of, hey, there's a huge gap here, so we're going to create a whole network that just targets this one race. That's all. I'm stepping down. My pedestal is <laughs> folded up, putting it in the back of the trunk. No, I actually, I appreciated that because, I mean, it's true. And then we got to think about, like, you know, the elephant in the room, our social climate right now, as far as minorities, especially blacks, especially Hispanics. And 
in Asian America as well, too. Just a lot of things that are happening to us. And it's forcing people to realize that, look, minorities, we do need that exposure. And Mm -hmm. there should be some inclusion in there to the point where we're not always talking about like so much of the negative. We can just be included all together um, without those labels that are behind it. But I feel like it's just kind of like the, the model that they're using right now. It's like, you know, kind of go along with what's happening. That's the only way to bring people really drawn into it. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're capitalizing off of it. I totally agree. Yeah, I agree. Thanks, Raul. Mm-hmm. We have zero listeners now. Happy <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>, y'all. <laughs> uh, th- was that it, Ash? Um, I there's one more. If you guys want to answer another one, sure. Yeah. All right. He sure. also asked. Now that zombies are falling out of popularity, what do you think mainstream TV and movies will try to capitalize as far as wide appeal horror audiences? Ooh. Mm. Can I bring up one thing? Yes. Mm-hmm. Can I bring up the fact that they're talking about, um, who is it? Uh, is it Doctor Strange supposed to be a horror movie? Yes, yeah. I can't wait. I want to know how they're going to incorporate, like, you know, what's going to be the next thing if zombies is being phased out? And I feel like that's going to be a perfect opportunity to do something like that. Hmm. As far as comic books, uh, comic book horror? Well, comic book horror or just horror in, like, in, like in general? Because, I mean, I mean, you guys are more horror expert, experts than what I am. But it's just like, you know, the I feel like the zombie kind of ordeal is kind of playing itself out just a little bit. And they need to get a little more creative. So, yeah, I think, you know, maybe bringing superheroes or something into it with a more darker feel to it can actually work for us. I'm, I'm not mad at that. I think that um, uh, sometimes when we get the translation from comic book to screen, a lot of it gets toned down, tapered down so that we can have million dollar movies. I said million dollar, billion dollar <laughs> uh, in the theaters. And it doesn't do a lot of fan service in that way, other than uh, the way it was presented with Marvel. Obviously, we got 10 years of content. So that was new and great. But I do think that they need to, you can't just do that again. Yeah. So there needs to be something else. Well, they do have Marvel zombies anyway, and that's going to be yeah. coming out. I think they're going to explore. I think it's what the Apocalypto world, where in the the show or the series, the what ifs, um, mm-hmm. where you have like villains and certain heroes working together, and then they go into the universe where basically everyone's a zombie, killing anyone, killing everyone with superpowers. Ooh. Yeah, I have. I've read the. I have one of them. I don't have all the volumes, but I. I am looking forward to whenever that does happen. Uh, for me, in terms of the questions, I want to see a resurgence of vampires. Yeah. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Last fall, Netflix released Vampires versus the Bronx, uh, which was more comedic, but it triggered a thought of like, I can't remember a horror movie in the last decade that I really liked. Um, oh, no. A Girl Walks Home at Night or something like that. Home Alone yeah. at Night. That one was really good, but that had to be at least five or six years ago. 
Um, Anything is better than Vampire in Brooklyn. Oh, <laughs> I can look at it now and watch it for enjoyment. But uh, yeah, I'm with Wes Craven. I don't know why this happened. <laughs> um, I want to see. I don't if it's a. Res- oh, I'm sorry, did I cut you off. Me? No, no, I was done. Oh, okay. I want to see like resurgence. I don't know if it's resurgence or more of like a, a more dedicated continuation of like these dark teen shows like Riverdale and uh, the chilling adventures of Sabrina. So you have like a typical teen drama, but it has like this dark tint to it. This like uh, this gallows humor added to it as well. I want to see more of things like that. I think, um, Oh my gosh. Free form. Just released mm-hmm. a new series, Cruel Summer. Yeah, I'm actually yeah. watching that. Yeah, but... Oh, it's all already? How is it? I haven't watched it. I think the first couple episodes just dropped. Uh, the first episode, it took me the whole episode to realize it's shot in three different years, but they merged it together. Um, so I had to rewatch it, basically. Oh. But I, I like what they're doing. Basically it's showing three different summers of these people's lives and like the tint of the, uh, the color, there's a color correction that happens. So, you know what period you're in. But at Mm -hmm. first I was just like, I'm looking at the same actress and they do different things to her. And I'm just like, who is this person? (laughs) But once I got past my own learning curve, (laughs) I will finish watching it. You know what? Now that y'all are speaking about that, I would love to see werewolves again. I was gonna say that. Yeah, yeah. I know. I would love to see witches. Like we need more. Underworld was. I remember that was like really the last time we really saw werewolves. Besides, uh, what was it? That one kind of really corny series that everyone used to like, where it was vampires against some werewolves, and it was like a love story and all that shit like that. Oh, uh, oh, True Blood. No, 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 no. No, yes. No, True Blood. Did True Blood have werewolves in it? Yes, because my man they Al Steve. Oh, mm. werewolf. Oh, there was a whole there was a whole bunch of them. I, don't I just remember some people were like, "Oh, I'm Team Jake" or something like that. Oh, Twilight. Twilight. I mean, yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> werewolves. What about gargoyles? Like, oh, yeah. I would like to see a reimagining of the Fox Kids show as an adult show. They actually were talking about that. They were talking about bringing gargoyles back, and then they were also talking about, along with that, they had mentioned Beast Wars as well, too. So I thought that was really dope. Yeah. We need that type of stuff. That's nostalgia, but you can really flip that into something. Because gargoyles, if you look at the art that's behind it, it's from a pretty dark era. Yeah. I agree. I, I like the werewolf thing, too, actually. I don't... I know I've seen Wolf Cop and Wolf Cop 2 recently, but those are definitely satirical werewolf movies. Mm-hmm. I can't think of the last werewolf movie outside of um, uh, the franchise you just mentioned. Underworld. Or oh, Underworld. Underworld yeah. was crazy. Uh, yeah. I actually have the box set, and I still haven't watched all those movies. Werewolf scared the crap out of me, and thanks because of you. I remember when Michael Jackson's Thriller came out, I was scared <laughs> as hell watching it because y'all locked me in the room and made me watch it. And when he transferred, oh. it still creeps me out. And he was just turning into a werewolf the entire time. Like, <laughs> at, you combine today's technology, especially with CGI and how realistic things are going, 
I think you can make something really creepy. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like telling of like the big bad wolf, like um, like Snow. Wh- who was it? Who was the one that was running? It's like that old nursery rhyme where the girl, Ready, the Red Riding, little red riding yeah. Hood. Make that a horror movie. Yeah, I think so. That would combine what Devin was saying and what you're saying of like more reimagining of childhood tales or childhood movies, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be cool. And maybe someone could remake Thriller as a feature film. Nope. Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) So I was 23 years old where I could watch it by myself. All because of you. You messed me up. You know, I'm really surprised like no impressionist has ever tried to redo it. I thought they know not to. Weird Al did it, right? Yeah, I mean like a Michael Jackson impersonator. Like if Michael Trapson did a thriller video. Oh God. Something like that. There was a Bollywood version. Oh yeah, I've seen that. (laughs) I died. I died at the Bollywood one. It's I can't help but to watch it. I Every time I see it, I have to sit there and watch it. Uh, at the Alamo Draft House, from time to time, uh, the intro reels, like, there's a pre-show. I'm not sure if you guys have ever been to Alamo. And there will be things like the Bollywood version of Thriller playing. Or the Bollywood version of Spider-Man. Or yes. other countries' versions <laughs> of things, basically. I saw the Bollywood version of Thriller working at Kings of Mean as one of the monsters there. They will always have it. They always performed it like on the Grand Central stage that they had there at the park. But then like everywhere throughout the park, you'll hear different versions of it. And the Bollywood one was pretty, pretty good. But it was also pretty funny, too. <laughs> and I'm a monster being in costume, still getting scared watching it. <laughs> That's ironic. Yeah, it's your fault. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm happy we're here then. <laughs> That's called trauma. That's the <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's that element of it as well. Um, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it. Before we get out of here, John, you want to tell people where they can find you? Uh, you guys can find me on Instagram at ADHD underscore John John. It's J Zero N. Um I'm a mental health advocate um, for black men's mental health awareness and then also ADHD in men as well. And I've began uh, sneaker restoration as well. So I'm on there. Uh, Twitter, I believe, is just John underscore John as well, too. So that's where you can find me. Thank you again for joining us and nerding out with us over uh, video games. I need to do this more often because it was hilarious. Like, I loved it. And I actually... I. <laughs> I watch. I've listened to the show quite a few times too. I think I even like texted you about it. So yeah, you got some really good work, and especially it's been amazing looking at your growth over all these years of just your expertise in the horror franchise and your following. So I'm really proud of you. Oh, well, thank you. I didn't expect all that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, it's. The things that you're able to like to come up with and like the reviews you guys do, um, just the collection of it, it, it's really satisfying, especially seeing black people do that. It's I don't see too many of that. So I definitely, definitely chalk it up to you on that one. 
Yeah, I'll definitely say there's not a lot of us uh, uh, minorities doing this, uh, per se. And it's kind of like a running joke because it's like whenever something happens within the community, it's the same group of people always talking about it or promoting it because there's only like, unfortunately, 30 of us. Um, but hopefully we'll be able to bring more light to that. And that's why we also like to feature guests on our shows. Uh, so just other people discovering other people. Yeah. I keep seriously, keep it up and keep up with the features too. I'm definitely, you hit me up. I'll definitely do it. We'll definitely have you back on. I'm a scaredy sure. Movies, I jump a lot. <laughs> but I'll still sit through it if I have to. I, I'm a big punk. I jump scared really bad. So I have a lot of high pitched voice when I get scared. Thanks to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got to hear this. Oh, it, it's, it's pretty bad. It, it's bad. <laughs> well, all right. That's going to do it for us. Say goodnight, folks. Night. Night, everyone. <laughs>